and t- welcome to the Ten Pants Arcade Podcast in the new year. The new year, 2023. Hello, Sean. How are you? All right, Vic. I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Have you had a new Christmas and that? Yes, and all those things. Good. I have had an extra week off as well. I had a, uh, I think I finished on the 17th or something. Oh, that's good. I've all this time off. It's been great. Been, so we've got lots to talk about. I've been doing things and stuff and that. That's good. Uh, should we get into? Should we straight get right back into it? Yes. As you and probably all the listeners can remember, I bought two extra pony Jalico pony cabs. They're Japanese sit-down cabinets made out of metal. I bought two to go with the two I already had working ones, and I bought these just before I moved to Scotland. So it's been over eighteen months I've had these things, and the monitors that came with them never worked. The tubes are really, really dark in them, and I think the tubes are actually broken. They're knackered. They're no good anymore. I tried to rejuvenate them, tried lots of different things. They've got the right chassis on them, the right bits to go with the tube and everything. They're all compatible and everything, but they're really, really dark. They're unusable, basically. And only one out of the two, I managed to rejuvenate just the red gun. There's red, green, and blue, obviously, in, in a monitor, and it rejuvenated it, so you just got a very, very red screen. On, on the games now, so that's no good. So I've been after some tubes, or compatible tubes, or complete monitors to go in them, and they're 28-inch monitors. So a while ago, quite a few months ago now, someone called Hammy, who's Carl, long-time old-school arcade, who's on UK VAC, and he was on Jammer Plus and all that before. I met him before, he's a nice guy. He had a 28-inch Hantarax Polo compatible monitor tube up for grabs. So it was... It's compatible with the Polo One. It was it was it had a Polo One on it. The cabinets I've got, I've got Polo Two autos in them, so they can run on medium resolution and low res, which is normal arcade stuff. So they're slightly different. So when I got it, I thought, oh, I have to get hold of a, a Polo One chassis for this. But apparently, I already had a chassis that's compatible. I had a Polo Two, a non-switching one, which is compatible. So. I popped that in there and, you know, we sorted all this out. So that was the first monitor tube, right? So this was up for grabs for free. Uh, let me have oh, nothing. Nice. And if it, yeah, it's very nice. If it was any use, throw him something, maybe in the form of some faulty PCBs for fixing. So I've sorted a few out for him over there. I've got them. I'll send them to him soon. So if he's listening, hold tight, mate. I'm going to send you some stuff. Now, the other tube, the other monitor, is actually a complete monitor. But our mate, Stuart Trosi from Time Warp Arcade in Bridgewater, Somerset, he had a spare Neneo MS2934, 28-inch complete monitor. It's a tube and the chassis and everything that goes with it, the frame and everything, the controls. But this is a... It might have even been my monitor to start with because I had a load of parts from Naomi cabs. I had quite a few of them ages ago. I had loads of parts, and I, I didn't need these 20-inch monitors. just didn't need them. So I gave him to him to use in the arcade. And when he found out I needed one, he said, oh, I've got me on these back for you. I'm not sure if it's the right one or whatever, or it's the same one, but you can have it back for nothing. So I got it back. So this monitor is actually a VGA monitor. It's not an arcade standard low-res monitor. It's a VGA one, but still an arcade one, arcade CRT. And that's what you had in a lot of the Naomi cabs. The MS2932s and the 34s and some other ones as well. I can't remember which tubes are in there. So... This thing is actually, I think it's a 29-inch tube. They, they do vary slightly in, from 27 up to 29 inches. So that might be a problem. We'll talk about it later. 
So I got Martin Palfreyman, known as Martin the Delivery Man. Who, if anyone knows anything about arcades, they will know Martin's the man to deliver stuff for you. So I asked him to pick them both up when he'd been near the respective homes of both monitors. So one is right down south in Bridgewater, and the other one, I think, was somewhere near Preston in the north of England. Somewhere like that. I can't remember where it was now. In the north, anyway. So what he does is, is Martin travels around the country picking stuff up and delivering it on routes. So obviously he goes in the, the proper route so he can pick stuff up and not be going hither and thither all over the place picking stuff up. So I said to him, Pick them up as soon as you can when you're near them, because obviously the people want them out of the way, and I'll have them the next time you're coming up here. When you've got them both together, next time you're up here, do that. So obviously, um, you know, they're hundreds of miles apart. I had to wait a little while for it. So it took a few months, but there's no worry at all, no rush for it. So so the moon and the stars all aligned for him and his Luton chariot. That is a big van for non-British listeners, a Luton van. And they arrived just before Christmas. So Martin finally arrived and graced my front steps with two hulking great monitors and they sat in the old dining room, which looks like an arcade ops repair room at the moment, for a week or so. Yeah. I finally picked up enough motivation to whip out one of the old tubes of the pony and pop in the MS-2934 to start because I, th- I thought, oh, this one's definitely going to work. I know it works already. I'll pop that one in. Obviously, I'd have to use, um, I don't know, uh, a 60-in-1 or a 19-in-1 PCB, which you can use VGA or a PC setup or a Pi setup, something that's got VGA output to it, so I can use a you know emulation of some sort. Note, one does not simply whip out or indeed pop in a 28-inch monitor into an arcade cab. I basically huffed and puffed, and it nearly blew me down. The 2934 is... I'm sure it is a 29-inch one. I think it's where the 29 bit comes from in the uh, in the title. And it, this particular monitor has got especially thick glass tube on it. It it's so thick that the back of it is 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 rounder, and it wouldn't bloody fit. So the steel frame corner mountain eyelets didn't fit either, and the tube was fouling the metal frame on the cab because these cabs have got a big frame and they're attached to like a wheel. And the mm. wheel sits in a, in a housing, and you can actually rotate it. It's called a rotate mech. So you don't have to lift the monitor out and turn it. You just turn it. It's just on a, like a wheelie thing. So this was a problem, a bit of a problem because it's not physically not fitting. The monitor, this particular monitor, also needs a 100-volt step-down transformer. It's this Japanese voltage. So that gave my newfound motivation, motivation a swift kick in the plums. How dare I be so motivated to do something? <laughs> At first... I was annoyed it didn't fit. I knew it, was ex- it wasn't exactly the right monitor, but I thought it was close enough to jerry-rig into the cab, but no, no dice. So I was not lumbered with a rather large monitor that was basically useless to me. However, uncharacteristic to me, I decided I could make a big wooden box for it in the future, just house it somehow, and use it as a big-ass display for Mr. or something. I could even physically rotate the box if it needed to swap between horizontal and vertical. So, Maybe. So, a few days later, I decided to use a standalone tube from Hammy. This is just a tube. And this was in a frame already. So I took out the frame. And this one's definitely going to fit. I know, it's the same physical size. It's a Handtrax tube, for goodness sake. It has the same pitch mounting lugs, and it would just need a chassis to go with it, which I have about three working ones. But I think the one I worked out I had works perfectly. So I went to work removing it from the original frame, which will be up for grabs for free if anyone needs it. It's just a 20-inch frame that goes in a normal wooden cab. And I threw it away from six feet into the pony. Reality check, 
I got all sweaty and caught my finger in a damn thing while fitting it. Ow. Phew, it fits. I already had found a Hantorax Polo 2 chassis and tested it with the original frame and out the back of the cab. Got a nice picture, but it didn't seem, it did seem a little bit too wide with the Neo Geo motherboard I was using to test. It's got a nice cross hatch on the test. I couldn't quite dial the image into the side of the tube, but it's fine. I'll sort that a bit later. And if I'm using a 19 and 1 PCB with it to play Mario Brothers, it works out really well because these are known to be really narrow pictures. If you've ever seen a 19 in 1, the images are squashed up tight for some reason. I don't know why. So right. this thing is going to be better if it's wider. So it looks perfect. So back to fitting it in the pony. Got it all in, bolts tightened, all working, tested it. Made a wooden mounting plate for the chassis to go on the inside of the cab. Cable tied all the wires together. Closed down the hinge front of the pony cab over the monitor. And the glass front hit the tube. What the actual flip? <laughs> so these cabs have got a big hinged thing over the front. It's like a big metal bit with the glass on the front and the controls all in one go. So you hinge it down over the, the, the tube and it wouldn't fit down. The actual glass was hitting on the front of the tube. And I worked out that the tubes I had have got a flatter curve to them, whereas these tubes are more domed. Right. They're more bulbous in the middle. I was like, oh, for God's sake. So, there were some light swears, not too many, and then me laying face down, face down on the floor for several minutes. But I went into the kitchen where Mrs. Tenpence was busy being successful with food, and I told her the news. She gave me inspiration, and I proudly proclaimed, I'm a f***ing engineer. I'll make the fit. <laughs> so, I removed the bolts holding the tube on, and went about removing the round rotate mech from the cab. I'd still be able to rotate the monitor without it. I'd just have to pull it out and actually physically move it 90 degrees rather than just undoing the nuts and turning the monitor on the mech. So this worked a treat. It lowered the tube more than enough for the front of the cab to be put back where it should. All I need now is to make a foam board bezel to hide the gaps around the tube. But this Triumph put a full tank of motivation into the Victor fuel bay. <laughs> Maybe I could do this with the MS2934 monitor. So... I've offered it up, I've pulled, pushed, shouted, and I finally gave up to it fitting easily. I think it will go with the rotate mech removed, like I've done with this one, and I've got to put new bolt holes drilled and tapped for M6 threads to accept the larger tube mounting lugs, and some of the bracket holes will have to be made into slots so I can actually slot it and move it around. Now, we'll get back to this in a future podcast. I haven't managed to do it this holiday yet. So... When I go back to work in a few days, I'll probably take those metal frames, the two parts of the frame with me, and drill and tap to the sides of the original holes. There's enough room there to put extra holes in. Mm. So that should be able to hold the thing in place. So yeah, that'll be, that'll be good if I can actually get it in there. So back to the extra pony cab I've got now. So I went about putting the hardware in it that I wanted to. I thought about this a while back, and it's called a Jammercom PCB. Now, I was given this years ago, and we talked about it on the podcast years ago. What it does, it's a little jammer PCB, just goes into a straight jammer cab, and it accepts different consoles and allows them to be used with an arcade cab. So it's got little little modules you, you click into it, little PCBs you click into. The first one I tried was a PC engine. But my PC engine, I've got a core graphics, has got a composite video output, you know, red, yellow, and white leads. Yeah. And it... it you stick it into a SCART block, because this main thing has got a SCART on it. So you put it in the SCART block, which you normally do to put in a SCART TV, and I popped it into the thing, but it wouldn't display it. And I think this interface 
for Jammer needs pure RGB. There's no conversion on it. It's pure RGB, which you get in SCART, because SCART holds RGB, sound, and composite. So just using composite and sound, it wouldn't have it. It needs the RGB bit. So I've got a Genesis 3, which is a smaller American later-issued Mega Drive, mm. and that is SCART RGB. I know it is, because I've got the proper lead for it. Um, so that works, and it lovely. It absolutely works really nice. It plays nicely. All sounds are good. The controls are great. It works perfectly. But I've really changed my mind about using this because I don't have an RGB SNES, NES, or a PC Engine. So the only things that I've got that work with the modules I've got for it is the RGB Saturn and this Genesis 3 Mega Drive. But would I really use it that much when I could play Saturn on the 28-inch CRT TV I've got next to me, a really nice TV, and the other consoles I could just play on Mr. On, a, uh, on my PVM monitor? So this cab is destined for other games, I think. I've got that 19-in-1 horizontal PCB in it with just Mario Brothers turned on. So when you turn the machine on, it instantly loads into Mario Brothers. So that's what we've been playing this month's chosen game on an actual arcade cab. Not with quite original hardware, but still PCB hardware. Mm. So that's what I've, that's the main sort of like technical bits I've been doing. I'll tell you one thing I've got to do. I got the updated files for the the bit kit. Oh yeah, you know, the bit kit from Crafty Mech was got the old games on it. I've got updated files for that, and it plays a load more new games. I can't remember what they are now. But our friend Sing sent that to me. Yeah, I'll have to go look into that to try and get that for next time. I keep meaning to do that. I just forgot to do it. So that's the main stuff. What what have you been doing? Well, lots of Christmas stuff really. Family gatherings, work gatherings, a trip to arcade club, Bowie. Oh, that would have been nice. Spent most of the time in the candy cab room on the shoot-em-ups. Oh, dear. Honing my shoot-em-ups. Trip to Blackpool with my brother and sister-in-law and niece. We took them to Blackpool because he hasn't been for a long, long time. So we went along. Did you go to Blackpool Arcade Club? No, no, he did. What? I would have He didn't want to. He just wanted to see, like, have a walk. Because he lives in the middle of the country, which is Northamptonshire. He doesn't mm-hmm. see the sea much. So he wanted to go to, like, like the sea and like enjoy a few arcades and nice meal and that so we went we did that mm-hmm. uh, I've been still playing with my TR-8S which is that groove box machine oh yeah oh oh I just thought something yeah I tasked you last podcast you to make us some music have you done anything yet no no <sighs> I'm still learning it I spend like you are a letdown it's it's an amazing piece of kit and I'm just getting like three or four hours a week, I would say, I just sit down. Well, no, maybe like a yeah, maybe more than that. I just sit down, try and work out how it works. Each button, each slider, each knob, each val- it, they all have three or four different uses. Do you know what that sounds like to me? Yes. Farting about. But once you get used to it, farting about. It, it'll be a brilliant little little groove machine. Well, I I totally approve of farting about because I do a lot yeah. of farting about. So I'm still getting used to that. Uh, what else have I been doing? Oh, I've been reading my old diaries. Oh, why? Oh, dear. I don't know. I found them. I, I read it for them. I thought, God, I was a nutter. I, when I was younger. I was what do you mean you was? Yeah, I'm, I'm a lot, lot more normal now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've read all them. That's It's really funny and it's like mad. And I, most of it is like going out and drinking. Right. From like 1987. When did I finish my diaries? Like 1999 or something? 2000? 
Right. Like, I might as well just wrote on the first one. I went out with some friends, spent all my money, had to be bailed out constantly by my parents because I'd run out of money Oof. on going out drinking yeah. bowls nightlife. So at least I'm I'm I'm, I'm over that phase now. I should hope so. Yeah. Being a pensioner like you are. Yeah. Ooh, oof, 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 oof. A boop, a boop. Sorry. Oh, is that the noises from your TR8S? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's an amazing machine. But when we went to Blackpool, Trona's founded something in the Blackpool Blackpool Gazette or something. The mm. iconic Mr. B's, which then became Mr. B, Mr. T's, which then became the Golden Mile Arcade, the Golden Mile, what was it called? Golden Mile Centre? The Golden Mile Centre, yeah, because I've written it down. Mm-hmm. It's being knocked down for redevelopment. Black, oh, um, really? Blackpool Council. Yeah, the, the one opposite <laughs> Coral Island. Like, yeah, I know the names of these things, but I, I, the only time I went to Blackpool was a few months ago when we went to the Blackpool Play. I've never been to Blackpool before then, because obviously not living in the north, you wouldn't. that's the main beach seaside town, isn't it, for people in the north? Mm. A lot of people from Scotland go to Blackpool as well. I know a few people at work who love going there. And I never really went, um, so I sort of missed out the golden age of Blackpool. But I know yeah. it's iconic in, in UK arcades. Yeah, so, so that, that is a real shame, isn't it? It's been actually it's, it's been relocated, so they're going to redo it somewhere else. There's a, there's a there's a mix there's a post which goes to a, a Lancashire Live website which tells you where it's going. But they're going to concentrate on a family entertainment centre, which means one of them is like a Dave and Buster's or like a round coin grabbers, uh, uh, you know, not coin bum grabbers. Bum grabbers. No, bum grabbing your bum. Why would you want to do that? And coin necks and and fish. coin pushers. That's it. Crane games. Yeah. Kitty things. Redemption. things. Redemption. I know what you mean. Yeah. Well, it would be nice with a little corner with a couple of old things for us old duffers, wouldn't it? Space Invaders and a Pac-Man and a multi-cab or something. That'd be good. So I did a load of videos. I have to stick them together of all the Blackpool arcades still open on the seafront. You're going to stick them together with uh, glue and sticks with YouTube twine. Glue. With YouTube glue. Yoo-hoo glue. Yoo-hoo. And I've found there's, there's nothing. There is no old games left. There's nothing. But <laughs> there's all, all the big ones like Cruising Blast, Jurassic Park, Arcade, yeah. House of the Dead, Walking Dead. <sighs> the, the big ones, you know, Mario Kart DX. Stuff. Boring Dead. Yeah. It's, they're the only things that are left. Have they got pinballs there? Nope. Because pinballs are still going, aren't they? You can't really... They don't change that much pinballs. I saw some pinballs in Western Supermare. All right. That's a bit I, far away from Blackpool. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any more. I don't think I saw any at Blackpool. Mm. They are very expensive, though. Even for you know a large business like a family entertainment centre, 10, or 10 grand for a pinball, a modern pinball, that's a lot of money. Yeah, Obviously, they break down a lot as well. And then modern yeah. ones seem to break down quite a lot. Hmm... Which is not good. The other thing I did, I just remembered, this was just the other day actually, I stayed up late one night and I did some repairs on a janky Famiclone I was sent. Now Famiclone is a, people don't know, it's a bootleg copy NES or a Famicom, which is the Japanese version of the Nintendo Entertainment System. Now there are thousands of different types of Famiclones because I think when the NES hardware went out of, I think it went out of um, copyright protection. 
So anyone can make them now. So Chinese companies just make them willy-nilly. And they put them into all sorts of weird and wonderful shaped cases. And this thing is quite a cheap one. You lift it up, there's nothing in it. Honestly, the board inside is tiny. It's a little one chip with a little glob on it. And it's just like <laughs> nothing in it. Honestly, it's yeah. just tiny. You could fit it into a handheld. It's so small inside. So this one I was sent, right? Kindly sent for nothing. The on-off button wouldn't hold itself to stay on. So when you clicked in, it... it it latched. When I was testing it, it latches on. It goes click and it stays down. And you press it, click, and you bring it back up again. And it seemed to latch okay. But obviously inside it, the little gold contacts weren't locating where they need to be to make the contact. Because when you had the screen on and you hold it down with your finger, the screen would come on and it would all work fine. As soon as you let go of it, it just go off again. So it wasn't latching down properly. So I removed this, this knackered old switch, which obviously never worked properly. And I Heath Robinsoned a latching switch into the hole and fettled a button away inside because it's got a button on top of it until it operated properly. I also had to replace one of the controller cables, which was actually severed. It was cut in half and refit the including multi-cart that came with it because it always come with a cart with like hundreds of games and whatever into a cart housing I've actually got, which was fit for purpose. The thing it was in there just didn't work. The, the, the PCB inside, when you pressed it in, just pushed it up inside the cartridge. There was nothing yeah. holding it down to do it in there. So what I did, which is quite handy having this, I made a 3D printed spacer for the extra 101 in one cart. So that worked properly as well. So I actually drew out a 3D picture on my CAD system, because I've got a CAD system where I work with, and I 3D printed it and actually repaired this cart. It's quite nice having the opportunity to make something, actually repair it and make it work. So I put that in there, closed it all up, and it works fine now. But it, it probably... It really pleased me because I set about to do a task, which was a little bit difficult, getting that thing to fit in there and get the button working correctly on it because it's a completely different kind of switch, completely different. And to bring back probably a 10-quid Famiclone back to life, I probably spent like, I don't know, 30 quid of my time on it, £2.50 for a um, a new cable, uh, <laughs> probably a quid fifty for the, the switch, uh, an hour 3D printing the actual thing to fit it. It's, it's, it's just mad. But I'm taking this one as a win because it all works perfectly now. And if anyone wants it for cheap, get in touch because I want to get rid of it. I don't need it. It, it looks like a cheap N64. It, it's so light, I have to tie it down so it, with a brick so it won't float away. There's nothing in it. It's just like air in it. It's, mm. it's lighter and it's nothing to it. So, it's, so if anyone it's wants... It's fixing it that you enjoy then, isn't it, really? Yeah, it was actual, it's actual getting something. And it, and it looks like it should. It's not like I've put a big red switch on it or, or you know, a toggle switch. It actually looks exactly like it did, but it works properly now. And the, both controllers work fine and the cartridge goes in. It's a nice blue cartridge and I put some... I made it look especially janky by putting, you know, the Dymo printing labels. Yeah. I printed that out 101 and put that on it. So it looks like really skanky, but it works perfectly. And the games on it are really good, honest NES classic games. It's got Burb Week. It's got Circus Chabley. It's got 1942. It's got all the good games on it, you know, the good NES games. Mm. So it's a really good little thing. If you, if you, if someone wants a cheap NES style machine that plays it plays normal Famicom carts as well, the Japanese Famicom carts, and it plays this hundred and one in one as well. If someone wants one just to start the collection off and see what it's like, give us a shout. And it works really well. What output gives a shout. does it do? Um it's just A V, red and red and yellow. Uh, I think it's just mono sound as well. It's just a six volt 
um, DC input into it to make it work with one of the little plugs. I expect 5 volt will even work as well, I expect. And red and yellow to, to a TV, to a composite TV. Because no, none of those things have ever got um, HDMI or anything. They're too old for that. They wouldn't bother doing that because that would be extra hardware, which yeah. they would need. So that was pretty nice fixing that. The other thing I've got to do is the monitor I've got in my in my Space Fever Nintendo cocktail cabinet still doesn't work. I bought a new transistor, which I thought was the part that was broken on it. I replaced it, put it back in the cab, still exactly the same, still got a horizontal line down it. So there's two other transistors I think it might be on. Get them out, whip them out, test them, and buy some new ones and see if that fixes it. But even if it doesn't, it's not a problem because you have got the onion monitor, haven't you? Yeah, why do we call it? Not we call this the London the onion monitor because it was in the back of your car and your wife covered it in onions when she was went shopping one day. You forgot to take the monitor out. No, she didn't. Was it you that no, covered it in onions? No, we didn't cover it in anything. We we, we saw it and put it on the back seat. Put the onions yep. on the back seat. But I oh, left, I, I left it in the car and forgot about it when I came back from Alex's meet. Because you're an idiot. So next time I we went shopping, she says, "What's these two boxes?" Oh, that one's Bosconian, that and that one's a monitor. Do not put Oh yeah, you got my Bosconian PCB as well, haven't you? Fixed? Do not put onions on the monitor or the box. Yes. No onions on the monitor, please, love. So it's in my cupboard now. I had to get it out of my cup out of my cupboard and take a photo of stuff, didn't I, for you? Yes, because I, I was re- rebuilding that monitor and it was a wire with a little ring on it, a little sort of uh, fixing ring. And I didn't know where it went. I forgot to take a picture myself. And you handily told me it went on the bottom fixing screw and nut of the transistor and it, it works as it did so i think that's right i just um need to get it working probably but even if i don't i'll have that monitor from you when i come visit you one time i'll get want to get my space fever working again because i got some new for it the other day as well actually i'll tell you about it later on so that's another little fix i got to do soon but i'm trying slowly getting things projects out of the way i'm sort of Working my way through little bits and bobs as well. I also looked up a... I tested one of my spare Vectrexes because K-Man Sweden wants one. So I've got one looked out for him and a, and a controller. And it works absolutely fine. So that's nice. I actually got a chance to get that down and check in. Everything looks really well. What have we been playing? So, amongst all the holiday shenanigans, what games have you been playing in the arcade and such like? In the arcade, arcade club, really. I was just playing the shooting ups. I was playing like Ride and Fighters. Oh no! Butsugun. Butsugun. Five phase one. Mushihima Sama. All the shooters. I'm mm-hmm. honing my shooter skills, but I've been playing Horizon again. You know. Oh yeah, okay. That was I, a good little game. I like that one. I love it. I really do like it. I had, I had to put my stick onto four-way to play this game that we're going to talk about oh dear me but yeah I've... you should have put your stick onto two-way yeah i don't think it'd help it but anyway I it wouldn't help it. you you're beyond help sean but i did that so i thought i could play horizon now I'm, I'm yeah, horizon is was the follow-up to moon patrol yeah i really like it it's I've... a good little game i quite enjoyed it yeah and twin cobra and raiden have been playing them together oh and hello we'll, t- we'll talk about that in the feedback so Raiden 
takes a lot of its inspiration from Twin Cobra, doesn't it? Twin yeah. Cobra was the original. Yeah, that came first, 87, right? And the when you play the two of them together, you think, oh, yeah, they did. Because I always thought it was the other way around. I thought, oh, everyone's stolen Raiden's ideas. No, no, no. Raiden already eaten Twin Cobra's breakfast. Mm. Stole it from under their noses. So, yeah. Um, I need to play more Twin Cobra, I think. Because I know I'm pretty... I like Raiden and Raiden 2. But Twin Cobra not had a lot of, but if it is like Raiden, we think it is, I will probably like that one. Just mm. like more. I've been playing quite a few little games. Um, have you ever played Battle City? Yeah, it rings a bell. Is it a maze thing? Like... Yeah, it's an old Namco game. Yeah. Like a really early, like 82, something like that. Um, so while I was testing that monitor, I was fitting into the pony, I had the 19 in 1 in there, and I just tr- was trying some games out on it, and that's one of the games on the 19 in 1. It's a cool little game, obviously evolved from Atari 2600 Combat, uh, which is honestly incredibly boring on the 2600. It's, it's the one I use for a test car because I don't care if it breaks. Combat is just dull. But mm. this one is quite a good little game. It's got like a, te- uh, like a maze, like you said. There's bricks you can, you can shoot and you can destroy the maze. And you've got to shoot other tanks coming around. And you get different weapons and power-ups. And you're basically, it's a defend the flag. You've got a flag on the bottom of the screen. You're defending it from these other these other tanks. They're trying to get your tank. If, if they get the the flag, I think you the game that's game's over. And obviously you get shot by the tank again. But it's a good little game. really like it. We'll have to cover that one day on a podcast. Good little podcast game. Mm. I've been playing Mario Brothers a lot. Mm. Now, I'll just say before we do the review on it, this is the first time in quite a long time where I've been sneaking away every opportunity to try and play it. Quick play here and there. And they've even played on the Famicom too because I've got two Mario Brothers cartridges. I bought one and I bought another one in a bundle. I was trying to get some games and I bought it was in a bundle so I had to buy that with it. But the, the, even the Famicom version is really good. Uh, I was just playing that for fun and not for the score challenge. Um and the Famicom version has nigh-on arcade perfect gameplay. I think it is the best version out there. Oh, that'd be a shame. Oh, brilliant. So <laughs> Dr. Mario 64 on the Switch, as I caught wife playing it the other day, because on the Switch, if you if you subscribe to the online part of it, whatever their online thing is called, the Game Pass, whatever it's called, you get a load of Nintendo old library for free. So you get the NES, SNES, N64. I think that you might get some GameCube games. I can't remember now. But I've only ever played Mario 64 and the arcade. Obviously, it was a versus PCB in the arcade. The NES, the SNES, and the Game Boy versions uh, of Dr. Maz back in the day. Because I used to love the Game Boy version of it. It's really, really good. So I've always played a lot of Mario 64s. And basically, they're all exactly the same. They're all really good do you mean dr so mario like dr mario yeah dr yeah. mario 64 so if you like dr mario 60 if you like dr mario on the nes you'll be good at it on the game boy and you'll be good at it on the snes version and same with the, the n64 version it's really really good and i actually bought wife a uh hori controller uh for the switch it's meant to be for playing pokken you know the tekken pokemon crossover game they did a few years ago right so it's just got a D-pad and the four buttons and some shoulder buttons. It hasn't got any analog on it at all because the D-pad on it's really good. So it's good for these old-style games. And she's been playing it on that. She really likes it. I've also been playing Parodius Da on the Famicom. I got it for Christmas. Um, and I can't believe this game runs on the Famicom. Cause if, you've, if you've played it on the SNES, it's quite a busy game. 
I think mm. it even slows down on the snares as well, actually. In the arcade, it's really good. There's loads of slowdown. It's basically a, a parody version of Gradius. Yeah. Um, and it slows down quite a lot, but the slowdown is almost like playing a cave game. It actually makes the game playable. Because I think if it was going at full speed, it'd be very difficult to play. But I really enjoy it. I really, really like Proteus. This is a crazy little game. I love it. I think I might be able to complete that game, you know? It, it, I'm quite good at it, and there's a bit I've got to had to work out how to do it. And I know how to do it now, so I'll go for that. But other games I've been playing mainly lately. Mm, but nice. lots of Mario, probably more Mario Brothers than anything else. Oh, dear. Yeah. Well, by, by that statement there, you probably understand Sean and I's views of it already. We'll get onto that a little bit later. Arcade News. This is from Arcade Hub Holes Facebook in site. Hole, yeah. Arcade, as stated in the live, Arcade Hub will close down on Saturday the 31st of December at 8pm. This decision was very hard for Lee, Lee Playl, and the team. I poured everything into the arcade, my heart, soul, energy, my time. Same with Liam and my fellow assistants. I know we're all devastated. Rising costs, obviously. Reducing customer numbers that I've witnessed. That's another thing that they're saying. Thanks really? to the customers has dropped by over the years, particularly the regular ones. However, the arcade isn't closing yet. We have three more weeks. This was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they advertised in the Boxing Day special. I uh, wanted to fan- fancy. Uh, I wanted to thank Lee for his amazing and reward. This amazing and rewarding opportunity. This is Shane. I think who works him. I loved every moment of it. Getting to help and to meet different kinds of people and make the world a happier place. What a shame. Yeah, um, but it says uh, you know they might get back to doing something in the future in in some way, some shape or form. I hope so because it's yeah. very sad when an arcade goes down. Yeah, I think yeah. they're keeping the cabs. And mm-hmm. maybe, maybe open up, you know, when, when the world is a less, yeah, less sort of money grabbing place. Yeah, it's getting a bit difficult for some people, especially businesses, especially small businesses, independents, which is, I'm all for, I am all for that. Corporates can do one, local businesses, I love it. Um, RIP Archer McLean. Now, Archer McLean was a very famous UK uh programmer of games game maker i can only think of three or four games he did but they all they were good ones and i had them as a kid ik international karate i had it on the atari 800 mm. and then ik plus which was a better version came out later didn't come out on the atari 800 i was really miffed about that one as a kid commodore 64 and spectrum and atari st and, and amstrad and amiga all had it and i didn't get it and it's a real bummer because it's a great game drop zone absolute classic very similar to Defender, but some extra little nice quirks to it. Could have mm. even been Defender 3, perhaps. Yeah. Brilliant game. Uh, and the snooker one, I think, was it, was it Whirlwind Jimmy White's snooker on the PC and Amigas later on? Yeah. It was, I mean, I, mean, I remember some of his games were, he, he added little silly things to him, which I really liked. Because on IK+, Plus, if you, when you're playing the game, if you leave the controls alone for a little while, the guys look at the screen and their trousers fall down. Yeah. And there's loads of like little bits to it. Yeah. I think on, on Jimmy White, when you leave it for too long, you leave the, you're obviously looking at the snooker balls on the table, little flies come and land on the balls and fly off again. Have you ever uh, left it for a while? Uh, it's really, he did little silly things. And Drop Zone's really cute as well with some of the noises and stuff. So it's real sad. He was only 60 years old. So RIP yeah. Archer McLean. And he was big into the arcade scene, wasn't he? 
Yeah, that's probably why we're reporting on him one thing. He he owned one stage. I think he had like 150 cabinets. Wow. And he was famous also in his own right, as well as his games and his, his game making. He was a very, very famous restorer of games. He I remember once following Retro Gamer magazine when I used to have it, and he was doing a um a Rupert what was he doing? He was restoring might have been an Asteroids or a Defender, I can't remember, but he did an absolutely immaculate go of it. And it was better than an original cab. It looked more <laughs> than factory fresh. Honestly, it was it was just such a nice job he did of it. And he did this with a lot of cabinets. I think he also had, I remember reading just a little while ago, actually before his um, his passing, that he, he had a drop zone arcade cabinet and there was talk or a rumour that it was going to be in the arcade. But he obviously put mm. his own game into an arcade cabinet. But that would be a brilliant game, wouldn't it? Imagine all the, the really cool artwork for that in a game in an arcade cab. It would be amazing. Yeah, Love Drop Zone. The SNES version that. was really good as well. I've, yeah, I've got the SNES version on my EverDrive, and I was playing the Game Boy Color version on the Mister. That's a really good version as well. Wow. But I played that one on the Atari 800 as well. That's a, that's a game I had years ago. Love it. Absolutely brilliant game. In fact, that is actually better... I would say than any home version of Defender. It is just mm. a better game. Simple as that. Mm. Oh, there's another one. There's another arcade bit of news. You know, you've got my Vec Fever cart that I'm still not letting you have. You're just borrowing it on a long lease. Yeah, <laughs> for the Vec because they are they are really hard to find. I've got two, luckily. Um, I'll have to send you this actually. Um, the latest Vec Fever firmware. You update the firmware on it. You can play three new arcade games. They're not even Vector games. You can now play, on a Vectrex, Vector Monitor, you can play Donkey Kong, Bomb Jack, and Puyan. And I have played quite a bit of the Donkey Kong, and it is accurate. It is arcade. It's using the arcade ROMs, obviously. It's using an emulator. Obviously, it's using lots of tricks to play it. And it's they've turned the normal raster graphics of Donkey Kong, Bomb Jack, and Puyan into vectors and it plays really well bomb jack plays really well i haven't played puyan so much i don't like puyan but bomb jack and donkey kong are absolutely spot on How have it, they done it's, that? yes when you see it i'll send you the files to do it um but it's i can't believe it's mind blasting <laughs> it, it's it's honestly it's crazy you could ever do this on a vectrex the vectrex has just got a 6809 processor in it and a Yamaha AY3812 soundboard. That's all it's got. The Vec Fever cartridge has actually got an ARM chip in it, so it's it's got some extra beefier hardware in it. But how the hell did did Thomas Thomas Santowski? How did he get it to do it? The guys, the guys a wizard. Honestly, mm. I think some other people had something to do with converting it as well. But he's the main man for the Vec Fever. It, it's really good. Honestly, Donkey Kong is brilliant on it, and, and Bomb Jack's pretty cool as well. But yeah, it's really good. I was playing it, and because it's it's arcade perfect, you can even do the little tricks with it, where you can control the barrels, you can jump near his foot on the last level and you know, get the extra points. It's really, really good, mate. It's really cool. Really good. Cue the music. Biscuits with you, biscuits with you, I love about you, biscuits with you. Well, we've got a a biscuit review by proxy here. I've had loads of biscuits over the 
Oh yeah, Christmas. There's, there's a far too many, I'd say. Oh, there was a there was a big sort of party pack, and they ate all them. They were good. It was a blue box. A good party. Yeah, a blue a blue box posh, mm-hmm. bis- quite posh biscuits. Not not eight in a pack posh, but yeah. more posh and family circle. Yeah. So they were good. Yeah, I ate them all, and that were it. But but we've got one here from Tom. T h o m. I think you'll find it's Thom. Thom on Twitter. Thom. Thanks, Thom. And it's for OK confirmed. These are delicious. Can confirm. And it's hobnobs coconut macaroon flavour. They do sound good. I can also confirm this because I had the last two just yesterday in our biscuit barrel. I, I had some in the biscuit tin. Now they are gone, obviously, uh, but they are coconutty. That's a real word. Enough without leaving all the coconut between your teeth. Because desiccated mm. coconut is the worst thing for getting stuck in your teeth. It's horrible. Mm. I would give 11 out of 10 for these. Need more. Ooh, I'll have to try mm. them. They are really nice. They're really good. I haven't seen them anywhere, then. That's because I keep eating them. In all the shops? Yeah. If 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 your missus went to the Asda's and bought some, and you got home, she'd go, oh, I've got some of them coconut macaroons. you go in there, she'd be a paint wrapper. Because I've been, been and gone like a whirlwind. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. <laughs> like Cookie Monster. Like, ah, cookie, ah. Yes. That's a good uh, one. On the same lines on the Biscuit Review, John Singletary sent me a message that his daughter was vacationing in Iceland, of all places, and came across milk chocolate hobnobs, and he asked her to get dark chocolate ones to do her own review of them. As John is American, he probably doesn't quite get the variety of decent biscuits in Florida that we do this side of the big canal the Atlantic. Mm. Uh, milky hobnobs are basic here. That's the normal standard hobnob here. And the dark ones are just the next tier up. They're the ones I have. Mm. Being a posh get and all that. But um, those coconut ones are lovely. I think the the toffee caramel hobnobs are good as well. They're chewy. Oh yeah, mm. they've got another layer, haven't they? Oh yeah, they're oof, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oof, oof. Mm. Oof. Recent pickups. So, what have you been purchasing? I don't think I've got anything since I spent so much money last month. Oh, you did a bit on on your noisy box thing. But, well, I bought I bought that transistor. I don't know what it is. It's a transistor for the Sanio monitor for that um, that cabinet. It doesn't work, so I've got a spare one now. Uh, I got some Pac Man lounge pants. Look, I'll stand up. I'm wearing them right now. Look, 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 look at them, listeners. Oh, look at them. Oh, they look like that. Someone had a suit with that kind of design on, don't they? Yeah, they look like a pillock. But um, these look nice. These are just for wearing around the, <laughs> around the house. They're basically Jim Jam bottoms, but they've got yeah. Pac-Man stuff all over. I like them. Oh, I got a care package from Mr. and Mrs. 20 to 5. Mr. and Mrs. And this is a cheesy package indeed. They sent me some Cheetos and Poofy Cheez-Its. Now, you Ooh. know what Cheez-Its are, don't we? Yeah, They're my yeah. favourite American snack. American listeners know what Cheez-Its are. They're little tiny square biscuits, cheesy-flavoured crackers. Mm. And there's lots of different versions of them. But these I've never seen before. These are poofy ones. They're sort of like poofed. A little bit like uh, the, what, the crisp we get over here, Watsits. They're like that, but Cheez-Its. Mm. They are now, I've got a feeling, and I hate to say this, they're possibly better than actual Cheez-Its. I'm gonna be, mm. Next time I go to them, I'm going to be chasing these down. They're really good, mate. Because oh. obviously in England and Scotland, you can you get these like uh, American sweet shops, American confectionery shops that sell 
you know, American stuff. So you get like um, branded stuff you don't get over here. And they're quite expensive because you've got to import them and stuff and make a profit on them. And I presume that's where you get these from. And I will be wasting some money on these things. I will be. They're really good. Obviously, Cheetos are amazing. I love Cheetos anyway. And the Poofy Cheez-Its, they are top-notch. Top-notch. They are, yeah, they're, you got me a pack, didn't you? Maybe a couple of packs over the years. And they are yeah. really cheesy, like proper, like wow, when you put them in mouth. Yeah. Like then you just get orange dust all over yourself. Yeah. They, they are very, very good. Uh, I got a few, oh, I got an arcade book for Christmas, the one on the the British arcade business, is it? I can't remember the name of the book now. Everyone's been getting it. It's called Arcade Britannia by Alan Meads. And I've got a chapter and a half through it so far. I'm not enjoying it. I hope it gets better. Everyone says it's really good. I'm hoping it's just the introduction I'm getting into. But it sort of reads to me a bit like uh, someone doing a thesis on arcades. So it's quite technical. Uh, but, yeah, I'm getting into it. I will finish it and read it, and I'll tell you what it's like when I've finished it. I also got that Parodius Da uh, cartridge from Y for Christmas for the Famicom, which I asked for. Ooh. I've got a lot of other stuff, really. Not not that way inclined sort of things. You know what I mean? I got non arcade. I got you know you get all your your money and your slippers and your biscuits and your chocolates and all that lot and your, and your bit of cash and that. But I got this thing called an Air Up. Have you heard of it? An Air, Air Up. It's a little. It's like a canister. Yes. So you buy the bottle. And, yes. And you, you fill it with just standard water, filtered water, or whatever. And there's yeah. there's a a ring. That goes around the top of the spout of the of the canister of, of the bottle, yeah. and that's got a smell, and that's right next to your nose. And the idea is, you drink the water and sniff this smell, whatever you've got, like cranberries and lemon, or or biscuits and mackerel. sausage and mash, biscuits yeah. and mackerel. You get you your body, your mind is supposed to be tricking yourself that you're drinking whatever it is like cranberry water or watermelon or right or peach so this sm- you smell and then you drink the water uh, ah uh, i know what this is called air up absolute bollocks well it's snake oil what what are you doing what are you doing some <laughs> so you're drinking water and you're sniffing something oh this water tastes like what i'm sniffing yeah what a load of nonsense who told you gave me that well it's supposed to work but does it no no i thought i thought it did <laughs> you mug you've been banged it... off mate well i got recommended by my you, sister you look like a right charlie by mate my sister-in-law's Manta. <laughs> so, so wife's got it for me not cheap so i've tried three different flavors they're three different smells and you flavors which aren't flavors they're smells yeah but i'm just not getting it it's just not working for me was there... one of them like canal smell or something one of them was dog hair. Deep, deep, deep eggs. Dog hair. Boiled um, egg smell. Sewage mud. That was a nice one. Sounds delightful. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's not working. I'm, just, I'm, I'm upset because why I spent quite I, a bit I of money on it. I didn't think it would, obviously. I didn't think it would. Mm. Mm. Oh. oh. Was it on the internet? No, it was recommended by Sue. You know, Sean and Sue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's recommended by Sue. D- d- is it a pyramid scheme by any chance? Do they have like 400 in their garage they sold you? <laughs> He's my brother-in-law, so she's my sister-in-law, I suppose. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. 
Is it just, yeah, gotta be. That's gotta be. It, yeah. Have you now got to sell 400 in your garage? Yeah. <laughs> that was a long pause then, Sean. Do you know, a van, a a van turned up yesterday mm, like, unloading these boxes. That's what they are. Sounds proper legit to me. No, it, no, it did. It, I'm disappointed because I thought it would work, but it didn't work. My, my mind's not powerful enough to link smell and taste, you see. You, you need a 16K RAM pack for your tiny brain. Mm. Well, my mate, mm. I'm running on 16. I might get 48k. <laughs> Whoa, really? <laughs> yeah. That's an upgrade to the last time I spoke to you. Like anyway. a spectrum. Listener feedback. First one is from our mate Tagster over in, over in, under in Australia. Australiasville. He's on about the Nintendo Switch. Enjoyed the podcast, Victor and Sean. Donut Dodo is a great game, too, as you mentioned. Thanks for the podcast. And 22, you guys have entertained me, and it's much appreciated. Hope 23 is a better year for you. That's me, I think, So I've had a terrible 22. Mm. Absolutely. I'm so glad it's behind me now. I really hope things are going to get better, honestly. So thank you for that, Mr. Tagster. I'm glad you're enjoying Don't Dodo. Got one from Matt Neo MK. Merry Christmas to you and Sean. I hope you're both well. First of all, my condolences for your recent loss, Vic, and I wish you well for the new year. I'd also like to mm-hmm. thank you for pointing me towards Donut Dona and Anna Lynn. Both cracking games that I would never have been aware of. Look, look, looking forward to seeing the results of your dedicated Donut Dodo cab. We're going to do one when it's ready, as I agree it definitely deserves one. Yeah, I've still got a uh, an Isis cab, a sub-electro Isis cab over there, which hasn't got really anything. It's got a game in it, but it's got nothing themed around it. And because I like Donut Dodo so much, I might just do it for that. That, that game is brilliant. I bought it again on the Switch. I had it on Steam. I've had it for six months or so. And I bought it on the, on the Switch as well. And one, because I've been off, one we've been sort of staying up late and stuff. We do step quite late when we're off and obviously get up later in the morning. But one night... I, I'm never normally never normally affects me, but I just could not sleep. I couldn't mm. sleep, and there was a lot of stuff. I think the dog was snoring upstairs, and I couldn't sleep or whatever. So I went downstairs to go in the front room. Thought oh, I'll get some peace and quiet. It's really quiet in the front room. I just sit down here. I'll go sleep. And the dog came down and sort of jumped. And I was like, oh, here we go. So what I did is I let him go to sleep next to me, and I actually sat up when I got the switch in the complete dark in the front room. Turned the switch on handheld mode, and I played Donut Dodo, and I actually completed the first two loops of the game which opens up the medium medium level right. at like half past five in the morning <laughs> but i was enjoying it so much i was actually playing it and i've been playing a lot of it and even wife has been playing it she quite likes it she's not that good at it because it takes a while to get into but yeah it's a really good little game really like it oh, so i bit- hope i really hope anna lynn which is also a brilliant old style arcade game comes out on the switch as well because that would really help people need to play this i keep going on about it. i tell tell people on twitter a lot if you like donut dodo get anna lynn on steam you'll really like it anna lynn a-n-a-n-n-a-l-y-n-n anna lynn it's mm. absolutely brilliant really really good it's as good as donut dodo and donut dodo is brilliant Ooh, so yeah so he's put thanks for keeping the uk arcade scene alive and all the work you've done on the podcast where else can you find insightful knowledge on arcades and biscuits in one place? All the best for 2023. Thank you, Matt Neo MK. Thank you. Brian Haribo. Uh, he's given his score here for Mario Brothers. Uh, we'll talk about that later. And he says, a proper arcade game. And he's right. It's a proper arcade game. Was one of my go-to games every time I went to Las Vegas. 
and had long since forgotten about until now. I'm glad we brought it back for you, Mr. Mm-hmm. Brian Haribo. Cindy Steve, Stephen Baker, and he's, he said to you, it's about time you got involved in the Amiga Arcade homebrews. Devil's Temple is a homebrew sequel of Kung Fu Master. You like your Amiga, don't you? I am never going to get back into it because I hate the Amiga. <laughs> I absolutely hate that computer. I just do not like it. We've been over this before, Sean. Mm. A friend of mine got one when they were quite new, and he had hundreds and hundreds of bootleg discs for it. He used to get them from college all the time, like 30 at a time. And we'd play a game on it. You'd wait ages for it to load, because like, obviously the, the three-and-a-half-inch floppy discs were like, you had like two or three or even more discs to swap around. You were forever swapping discs with certain games and that. And it was good back in the day. I mean, it was you know, the best thing around at the time because there was nothing else competed until the PC came out and the, the ST was a very similar machine. But I went back to the Amiga a while back. I bought an Amiga 600 ages ago and I absolutely hated it. Hmm. I hated the, the loading times, the processes, just the way the machine worked. I just didn't like it. And, and people really, really bang on about the Amiga. And I just don't see... I'd much rather play a Commodore 64 or an Atari 800 or, you know, an S or whatever. It's something of the same era. But, I mean, the Amiga and the ST really did just pass me by. If I was going to get a proper 16-bit computer of that era, I'd get an X68000. It just wipes the floor with all the others. It really does. But they're mm. really hard to find and get a decent setup with. Yeah. So I'm just not into Amiga. No. No. Okay. Well, You've got to do this properly. I'll do this one. Go on. Rygar. This is from Rygar. My old school is Ryden. It's Dolkin Cobra's hat. He fires a toothpick laser. I like my shops like that. Oi! <laughs> did, did us a little song. I like that. We've got talking on Twitter quite a bit, a, a few of us, about, I said, Twin Cobra is far better than Ryden. You know, Twin Cobra. You wrongly said Twin Cobra is far better than Ryden. Let's get that. Let's get that sorted. I'll edit this out, people. Sorry. I had a look at them both. I've played. I've played them both quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Raiden and Twin Cobra, and the conclusion I've come to because Twin Cobra was the original. The sound. Okay, ready is, to edit you out. The sound is better because it's the Toaplan programmers that were geniuses with the sound, sound design. Right. The graphics are definitely more colourful, more varied. But on, on Twin Cobra, Twin Cobra, yeah. When you look at them, okay. There's a lot of like big square enemies on Raiden, but Raiden and Raiden's. I've only played Raiden one with the two bullets. The two paste laser laser doesn't come to Raiden two, I think. Yes. So I've just played Raiden one because that was the one to compare it with. So Twin Cobra's got more bullets. That they, they both actually play very similar. That there's mm-hmm. plan out have this thing on the earlier games where if if something's really close to you, it doesn't fire. Because yes. it's not fair. But if you're on the top of it, yeah. If you're on the top of something, I think Raiden's the same, isn't it? If you're no. not a tank, it won't shoot at you. No, they shoot you off screen and everything. Oh, but, really? Buggers. Yeah. But I still prefer Twin Cobra. But I do, I do agree that Raiden is a good game. But I'm glad you went back to it and tried it out anyway. I, I will do the same. I will go and play Twin Cobra. I'll try that hat on. Because there's the four hat. different power-ups on, on the original Twin Cobra. I think there's right. just two on Raiden 1. There's the, the blue thick laser and then the the, yes, the normal bullets with a bit of a spread. I think you the, get the normal bullets, and the more power-ups you get, the, the further they spread across. Mm, yeah. But with a laser, it gets it's thin, it gets fatter, 
and obviously on Raiden 2, the toothpaste, the so-called toothpaste laser, which actually follows enemies and locks on them and whizzes around. It's a really weird-looking thing. It's a bit. I don't like that weapon, actually. It's not a very good weapon to use. The spread yeah. is the best one. And yeah. there's also Raiden DX, which yeah. is, I think, a remix of Raiden 1 and 2 together. I think it is, yeah. That, I think they're yeah. sort of getting it right. But I do still prefer Twin Cobra, but Raiden is a good shooter, I must admit. I, I'm going to, for the next podcast, I'm going to check out Twin Cobra and see mm. if I can like that as much. Because I always thought Raiden's always my favourite, but I'll have a look. I'll have a look. We did it. We, we covered it. Have we? Yeah, a while ago, yeah. I, I've, I've forgotten about that. <laughs> I had to look up earlier. I was doing some notes earlier for this this month's game. And I was talking about, obviously, we, we've we've done quite a few Nintendo games. And I had to go back and see if we'd actually covered Radar Scope and Space Firebird. We have done Space Firebird, mm. which I didn't get on with. Uh, we haven't done Radar Scope. Radar Scope is a bit a bit janky, isn't it? It's all right. I quite like the shooting into the screen. Yeah. Kind of thing. Very simple old game, isn't it? It's like yeah. 1980 or something, whatever it yeah. was. Okay. Uh, Missile 5's been on. I have feedback for your 1943 podcast. That's a little while ago now. Mm. So I'm really slow in writing it. We'll listen to the new one soon. Uh, it says, Hi, Victor and Sean. I enjoyed your last podcast as usual. Uh, just a couple of Neo Geo corrections. I think Victor said Cleopatra Fortune was a Neo Geo game, and Sean said 1944 the Loopmaster was. But neither are. Strikers 9045 Plus is a Neo Geo game, and Ghost Pilots is too, which is a good little game. So maybe Sean is thinking of one of those. Interesting to hear Victor talk about the quarter arcade machines. I did wonder if Victor would get a Dig Dug one. I have. It looks like they have done a really good job of it. I've got three myself. Pac-Man Anniversary. I was lucky to find a signed one. Bubble Bubble, which is two-player. And Polybius, which is not a game. It's actually um, just an ornament thing, that one. I agree they're great quality and got the details right. However, given how authentic they are, I do think it's a shame the screen is an LCD. I wish they could do something to make it look more like the original arcade monitor with a curved display. I've actually told the people who made this exactly the same thing. I'd like to see some sort of artificial um, scan lines or some curved effects on it, but they haven't obviously done that yet. And also, without the viewing animals, viewing angles you get with LCDs. I only use mine for display purposes since I'm not really into playing on a small cab with tiny controls. So for me, this would make them perfect. While talking about mini arcade cabs, I recently got the Taito Egret Mini 2, which I like a lot, and so do I. It is quite expensive, but it does feel much higher quality than some of the mini machines, e.g. the Neo Geo Mini, which looks like a lump of moulded plastic with stickers on it. He's right. I didn't know a lot of the games beforehand on the Taito Mini 2, these really appeal to me. The rotating screen is great and it works in a very satisfying way. The extra controllers, the arcade controller, and the trackball and spinner are very good. There is a new SD card of 10 games coming out for it soon. I think it will cost maybe 50 or 60 quid, although it's just quite a lot. I have a game suggestion for the future. Prehistoric Isle in 1930, which is a horizontal shooter, I think. Yeah, with dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah, it's good. Also, I heard on one of your pods that you would never do Rainbow Islands, because it's horrible. But I think it's an ideal game for you to do, since you might get a reverse 10 pence effect and find out that you actually enjoy it when you do play it in depth. You never know. Also, idea for a new feature, Victor reviews an Amiga arcade. And I'll just put in there, no. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Uh, thank you for the podcast, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Miss Five, and stick your Amiga up your pipe. <laughs> but but carefully 
Carefully up your pipe. Carefully up your pipe. But Peter, Peter, Peter Louise Hahn's been on. Pete Hahn. Oh, Pete Hahn, Pete Hahn. Yeah. Been playing Spin Master lately after listening to your lovely podcast, the newest episode. I really enjoyed it. Fun games. Obviously, is one CC'd it. Of course he has. Of course he has. Of course has. he has. It probably took him a whole hour to work that out. And Not what, like I think player. one of the most difficult bits, early bits, was those cobras that come out of the the the, the snakes, the snake, the snake, snack. the snake blowy man, the snake charmers man's tubs, <laughs> the snake blowy man. Where he blows up snakes. <laughs> There's another snack gone. They, they come out of his baskets, and that he, there was a really quick way that Pete killed them. And I struggled. Oh, okay. I struggled with that bit more than any of the bit. Did he use a mongoose? No, man, they're mongooses. Use shurikens. Shurikens. What? It sounded like the wind. No, that's a shuriken sound. Oh, okay. Didn't know they had sounds, actually. Uh, Andrew Hane says, great Michael Caine impressions. I told you, just enough to blow the bloody doors off. (laughs) Oh, Sal's been on. He gave us a Mario Brothers high score. We'll read those bits out later on, but thanks to Sal again. Yeah, Adam Flint. Oh, that, that this bit's too too big to put in the in the scorebook. Too box. big for your 16k memory. Yeah. So he's put <laughs> my quick thoughts on the game. This is Mario Brothers again. Being yes. of the manic minor generation, I'm definitely com- competing on home ground with single screen platformers, but somehow I've never really played Mario Brothers. Immediately, I saw where Bubble Bobble had taken its ideas from, particularly the two step process by which you kill the enemies. Great mm. choice. I really enjoyed the game. Oh dear. My quick thoughts on the score. I'm submitting the score in a state of emotional exhaustion. It's taken me so very many. <laughs> Any attempts to get this score will read it out. This is an extremely playable and frustratingly slippy game in which you can go from triumph to disaster almost immediately. I don't think I ever really got better at dealing with the later slip ice at screens. And I just I think I just had one really lucky go. I must start listening to your back catalogue. We've got back oh we've got a back catalogue now. Got a catalogue of backs. Yeah. Which is for me is everything previous to Tinkle Pit. But I'm afraid to discover which arcade games I've missed high scoring on. Best wish here is Adam Flint. Well, Mr. Adam Flint, go listen to the back thing of the podcast, the back log of the back podcasts. Play the games that you like. We've done lots of classic games, lots of really good ones. Some janky ones, some odd ones, and some surprisingly good ones. Do that, get some scores, and just send them to us anyway. Do your own little personal competition. See if you can beat our scores. Be great. Thank you for your feedback. Mm. Mr. 20 to 5, he's been on. And he says, as 2023 rolls in, I wish to take the opportunity to not only wish you both Happy New Year and all the best for you and your loved ones, thank you, but also to say thank you for time, effort, giggles, arguments, banter, suggestions, tinkerings, biscuit reviews, arcade news, and of course, my wonderful new T-shirt. Correctly sized, athletic. I would say... 16.9 widescreen. That's what Mr. Neil 20 to 5 is. <laughs> which I shall wear with pride. I know how much time it takes to produce such a high quality podcast, which is still my favourite of all the pods, hosted by people called Victor and Sean. Yeah, it's the best of those two, definitely. It is. There's a few others hosted by Victor and Sean, nowhere near as good. Mm. Of course, feedback should be balanced and nothing can be perfect. And so I must talk about Victor's choice of game to see 2022 out Mario Brothers. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I've tried to find the words to express the awfulness of this game, the mechanics, the level design, the inertia, but I fear I cannot find the adjectives. So instead, I shall provide you with a photograph 
of how the Bros franchise should look. I wish you and all your listeners the very best for 2023. And I'm going to describe the picture he sent. It's him with a 12-inch LP of Push by Bros <laughs> from back in the 80s. The 80s or early 90s? 80s, 80s I think. Yeah. And he's got his thumb downwards. Uh, that boy needs to be dropped. Put, put him in the box again, you reckon? Yeah, well, I think in the box or just dropped because Drop the Boy was actually a Bros song on that very album. I am ashamed to know that, but I know that. Uh, You're looking very confused, Asha. Did you not have that album when you were a kid? No, I wasn't into like pop music. I was into house music. I was one of the cool kids did did Jack Your Body. When Jack Your Body one came the, out. One of the weird kids. When Steve Silk Hurley, Jack Your Body came out. I had it on 12-inch import way before it got into the UK. We, Lucky were, you. we were that cool, me and me mate, Damien. We proper cool we were. Mm. Yeah. Anyway... Friendly shout-outs. Do it coolly. Do it, go on, do it coolly. Coolly. Like, like, like a cool yeah, voice. So you can't even understand coolly. Ian Turner. Ian Turner pointed out to me <laughs> an arcade history guide of 1977-79 downloaded from itch.io. It turns out when I looked at it, I, 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 it actually said, you've already downloaded this before. So oh, I, This I, is the PDF on Twitch.io, yeah? Yeah. Oh, it, sorry, itch.io. H-I-O. So I downloaded that again because I've already paid for it. It's a decent read. He does admit that he's taken a lot from websites and just stitched it all together. So, okay. that, so there's not a lot of... I wouldn't have said there's a lot of research in it. I suppose he's done the research to put all the information together from different places. Okay, you have to forward that to me. I'll look at that. Because the old stuff does quite interest me, 77, 79. Mm. Yes. Mm. You need to explain this one. This is from someone called Boz. Yeah. It features you in an awesome arcade front-end build. Explain yourself, son. I think we spoke about this last time. He, he, he spoke to me. He says, I'm doing a MAME front-end for PC. Yes. For a groovy MAME. So yeah. it's, it's not an arcade. I don't think he think it's groovy MAME at the minute. It's just a front-end for PC, which could go in a cab eventually, I think. Yep. And he said, he said, I'm doing curated games. What would you put in? So give me a list. I thought, there's no bullet hell. I don't want to do it. I think someone would have chosen Dodon Patty, so I picked Batsugun Special mm-hmm. Edition, the first real bullet hell. So he's put that in, and then, then he's done this fake Christmas advert. It's really good, obviously. Mm. I think he put it out Christmas Eve. And it's uh, if, you, if you watch it, it's like, come and buy Backups Arcade, available on 27,000 punch cards. Or <laughs> yeah, or it's, set- it's done like a sort of Ronco Christmas advert. Remember yeah. Ronco? Yeah, in the 70s. 29 laser discs and, and yeah, for 1999, yeah. I will put on the link so people can have a look at that. That's very good. And and the, I think we said the, the front end is is amazing, the work has gone into it. Like you, you go up to an arcade machine and you can see the reflection of other arcade machines in the fake glass. You can see. Yeah, yeah. Cigarette, I've said about this before. Cigarette smoke coming, coming up from a cigarette tray near you. Where you're playing, which you can turn, yeah. which you can turn off, all all different stuff like that. Mm. When you plug a joystick in, like a, an Xbox, a little Xbox controller that appears in the corner and f- copies your button presses. Okay, little, cr- clever, clever little bits. I would like to shout out uh, Andrew from Forgotten Worlds, the game shop in Stewarton, quite close to me. I happened to visit there when he was in on a Thursday. I think he's there. He's like the repairs guy they use. Uh, 
I got to talk to him about composite modding my Atari Super Pong home console, which I'm going to do soon. Actually, I've got the bits to do that. Hopefully, I'll get around to doing that. I've never, ever played that Atari Super Pong. I've had it about 10 years. Never played it because it only works on American RF, I think. And I've never, never had, a, I've never had a, a TV that work on that. So I've never seen it working. I've heard it because it's got an internal beeper. Yeah. I've never seen it. But he worked out, I think he worked out from something on Atari Age. He linked me to it and how to do it. So I'll try that soon. You've got to use a 2600 composite mod PCB, little board, which is um, fairly easy to use. Actually, I've got one already, got a spare one. So that'd be good. Mm. And one more shout out to me, all the family and extended family for their lovely company over Christmas. Wife's been doing loads of cooking, bless her. About 25th, 26th, 27th. And then my brother came over 28th, 29th, which he didn't do cooking for. But she's in a, yeah, shout out to wife as well. Oh, nice. And mine. Yeah, she- I had turkey on Christmas Day and she brined it in a concoction. And it was, oh. I'm a real massive turkey fan. I love turkey. I love it all year round. So when mm. I go to America, it's a treat for me because they have turkey almost as much as we have chicken over here. And it was so good. It was. Did you deep fry? No, we didn't actually. It was cooked. It was cooked in the oven. But she brined it for a whole day beforehand in this weird concoction, and it actually tasted slightly sweet. It was amazing. You know mm. how turkey goes really well with sage and onion stuffing and cranberry. It was kind of like that, and it was, oh, it was magical. It was yeah. so good. I'd eat turkey every day of the week if I could. I don't so think so good. Well, it must be twenty years since I've had turkey. Easy, really? Yeah. I always say if people always bang on, oh, turkey's dry. No, you're cooking it wrong. It's not. You're cooking mm. it wrong. Don't overcook it. Do it properly. It's so nice, mate. Honestly, really, really good. And she made Christmas cake, homemade Christmas cake, a few months ago, and Christmas pudding. It's honestly the best Christmas pudding I've ever had. It's much better than the shop one. Homemade stuff is so much better, honestly. Yeah, it is when you put the effort into it and that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And another one I've had lately, the only usually do in this country at this time of year, is turkey and stuffing crisps. Oh, oh so yeah. Nice. yeah they, taste just, they just taste like chicken crisps, but they're lovely. I really like mm. them. Really good. Another one I had, a weird one, actually, is, you know, after eights. Yeah. The thin, dark chocolate mint. What are they? Like little wafers, aren't they? But they're mint. Yeah. They're soft. We had cherry and mint ones. They're weird, but I kind of like them. They don't taste right, because mint obviously overpowers everything that goes near sweet mint. I'm weird, and you like me, don't you? Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) I, I, I always think about, when I think of cherry and mint, I think of Sean Holly. <laughs> yeah, they're good. You should try them out. If you ever get to see them, try them. They're odd. We didn't think they'd work, but they, they kind of do. We had these Mr. Kipling cube cake things that were mint. And yeah. Like a little cake with like a little kind of after eight kind of top, that kind of stuff you get in an after eight on the top. And yeah, a little like chocolate. a sort of um, paste. little mint chocolate paste. cube. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Sounds good. Mint, mint and chocolate go really well. I like minty chocolate. Yes. Sean. Yes. Do you have an incredibly difficult mastermind-style quiz for me? Yes. Arcade Master Quiz. I would like it now, please. I don't know if it's going to be mega hard, because mm-hmm. I know I was, I was feeling sort of kind of 
Did you run out of memory while you were typing it in? Taking it, taking it easy. Right. Yeah. I've got all the numbers mixed up. I've started on number two for you know when you you put bullet. Oh, points. that's really going to mess me up. You put bullet points in and it goes bonkers. So right. I, didn't, I didn't correct it. So question two. <laughs> question two first. I'm going okay, to go go just ignore the numbers. Right. Here we go. You should know these. I'm going to get pen, 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 kids. Paper, pen. He's doing it old school. Old school. Can't beat paper and pen. Right. The Nintendo Pack, P-A-K, a conversion yes. kit for Mario Brothers. This, this is a couple of Mario Brothers games. What three other games could you convert? You should get this. Point for each. Three other games that you can convert. Ooh. What, from original? Yeah. Uh, Donkey Kong? Yeah. Donkey Kong Jr.? Yeah. Donkey Kong 3? No. Popeye? Yes. Yes. Right. Well, you could you could convert Donkey Kong 3, because it's the same pinout. That's the flyer. The flyer just says M3. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've, got, no, I've no. got a link to the flyer here, actually, as well. Can you name... For all five characters on the Mario Brothers side arts, not the bezel, not the marquee, there's, there's five characters. Can you get five points or no yeah. points? You've got right, we've got we've got Mario. You're looking at it, are you? I am looking at it. Luigi. <laughs> a shell creeper, a sidestepper, and a fighter fly. You didn't realise that I've got a picture of the cab down below on our notes. Oh, <laughs> they're, they're cheating. Yeah, I probably could have done it anyway because I know all the characters. I've really got into this game and I've done a lot of uh, research on it, so I would have done that anyway. And the last Mario Brothers one. How many points for killing the fourth critter in a row? How many points? Oh, 4,800. Yes. Yeah. That's a guess because I've managed no, to hang do on. three. I've, I've got 3,200 here. Is it? Yeah, 16, 20. Yeah, 3,200. Oh, I'm wrong then. Okay. Uh, I didn't, I've never managed to do that. I managed to do three. And. The far, su- the far superior to Mario Brothers, Doctor Micro. Oh, we, for goodness' sake! That you nearly swore then. Who, who yes. We, who we covered where, a long time ago? Who developed Doctor Micro? Oh, that was. Uh, ooh, was it Sun? No, San Ritsu. Oh, Sanritsu, yes. Who how, did a few Sega games, didn't they? How many levels did it have? This is a bonus question. How many Four. levels? Four. No, three. Oh, so it's not even as good as Donkey Kong. Yeah, I thought Far, so. far better. You got the rising platforms, you got the bloom one, and you got the platforms with them moving I the honestly floors. can't remember. I've, I've mentally blocked that game out. It was so bad. Right, question six. I, it's just, I think this is five. You've got, <laughs> you've got plenty of bonus questions anyway. What adjective describes Alpha Genshi's sucker? Exciting, yes. Thought so. True. Do you know why I know that? Because you've got it, got the board. I've got a PCB of it. Oh yeah. I don't know why I've got it? I didn't buy it on purpose. I bought it not knowing what it was. Yeah. Right. True or false? There was a sequel to this game. True or false? False. No, it's true. Exciting oh. Sucker Two, nineteen eighty-five. Wow. Right. What is this game? This is a. This is. On the attract mode, you get a description of what you've got to do. What is this game, right? Obtain the secret plans in the vault and escape. Access the fifth floor using the key. Sneak past the sentry guard with the disguise. Cross the electric floor with the ID card. These are the things you've got to collect. Open the vault using the combination. 
jump from the roof and land safely, smash the elevator motor and trap the guards, search faster using the embassy map, avoid the guards with using high-speed jet shoes. Ooh, I'm going to guess this one. Mm. Is it Cloak and Dagger? No, it's called Intrepid. Oh, I do, I do know of the game. Is that a Taito game? It's by... No, it's not. I was going to... Really? Gonna, yeah, it's by Nova Games. Oh. The, the, the one it looks most similar to is Elevator Action. It looks like Elevator Action. It sounded like you were, it sounded like you were describing that at first with the secret documents. Okay. I'll have to do that one one day. Yeah. Oh, no points for that one, I read. Next question. Name the protagonist in Space Ace. Ooh. Oh, no, I don't know. The baddie's like the mighty bath or something, isn't it? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Dexter. Dexter? Yeah, named after the kit. Okay. Dexter. Oh. See, these are quite hard. A Those game, ones are. A game called Marvin's Maze. Yeah. Early 80s by who? Marvin's Maze. Mm. Oh, it's one we're not familiar with, I think. Mm. I don't know. Sanritsu? It's a guess. SNK. Who is it? Yeah, this was an unusual looking maze game. Yeah. What What was unusual about it? If you don't know it, they're not going to know. All the levels are made out of bananas. <laughs> yes. Oh, brilliant. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's an, it's an isometric thing. Like, it kind of looks like Crystal Castles. With two, it's two oh, le- okay. Each maze has got two levels with that view. And you yeah. go up and down the chutes and, and collect, collect the dot. It looks quite good. Okay. Oh, no points. Oh, dear. Nil point. Right. Next question. Regulus, released by Sega. Regulus. Yeah. True or false, it was just a kit. Yeah, I've never seen the cab of it. Yeah, just a kit. This is bizarre. Who manufactured the kit? And I'll give you a clue, because you won't get it. Think of arcade sticks. Oh, Wicko. Yeah, Wicko. Well, how, how bizarre okay. is that? Made the kit. And yeah, because they wouldn't have had manufacturing for... Oh, they would have PCBs, simple ones, their joysticks, wouldn't they? Yeah. Okay. And wow. what, what is the game similar to, if, if you know it? Regulus? Yeah. Ooh, is it a scrolling, like you're in a vehicle? Kind of. Uh, I kind of think of like Crater Maze or something like that. It's not, is it? It's kind scrolling, of... like Horizon kind of thing? No, it's vertically scrolling. It's kind of like okay. Xevious. Oh, is it? But you are in a vehicle and you can, as a screen scrolling, you can turn around and shoot down and stuff. That's another game we sound like we should do. Sounds pretty good. Mm. Number 12. Mm. Uh, number 38. This is the last question. Can okay. you or gonna, you've got to get this. Did all these games that I've talked about were released in a certain year. What year was it? All the games. 83. Yeah, because of Mario Brothers. 83, yeah. Yes. So How you, many? Did I get 77 points? You got 12 out of about 25-ish there. So That's tw- poor. They were tricky, though, weren't they? Yeah, we'll say yes. Right, let's 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 have a palate cleanser with a note from our not sponsor. 
Something's coming up the plumbing Poor Luigi's in a bind Giant turtles out to get him Creepy crabs are right behind Spiderflies, cheaper shites They're all coming out the pipes Mario, where are you? It's Atari Mario Brothers With Mario from Donkey Kong His brother Luigi And lots of crazy creatures And it's twice the fun When two play at once Cause you need all the help you can get Mario, where are you? Mario Brothers, new from Atari Feature game review. What the blinking flip is this game? This game is Mario Brothers from Nintendo 1983. Not to be confused with Super Mario Brothers, which came out in 1985 and was a super smashing hit for the Famicom and NES home consoles. But people might already know that if they listen to us. This game was designed by Shigeru Miyamoto and Gunpei Yokoi. Music by Yukio Kaniok. You may have heard of these guys. True legends of game and hardware design. Proper Nintendo heavyweights right here. Do you agree with that, Sean? Yeah. Thought you might. Yeah. The game is a one- or two-player simultaneous game with just a left and right joystick and a jump button per player. The game is horizontally oriented. And it sounds just like this. So, Mario had an existential crisis and changed careers. He's given up the wood dust and hammers and had done a YTS retraining course in plumbing. He got a merit in his exams and received a nice certificate to say he can fix toilets. He also got his twin brother Luigi involved in his sewer plumbing shenanigans. So, the new business has started up on a loan from Donkey Kong. He's relieved he isn't being pursued by Mazza anymore. And the first assignment is to clean up hackney sewers of pests. More on the pests later on. So the gameplay is on a fixed horizontal screen consisting of four levels with some breaks in the layers. There are two sewer pipes at the top of the screen and the pests come out of as well as gold coins. And two sewer pipes at the bottom where the pests exit the screen to be transported to the pipes back at the top again for re-entry. Now, you must bump the layer the level under a foe from below to knock the enemies over. When they are knocked on their ass and vulnerable, you jump up to the level and kick them off. Boot them! Kick you in the balls and then run away! Just running into them does this. Hitting them again while vulnerable bumps them back to the normal and they are much more dangerous to the touch again. Jumping on the monsters will lose you a life. This is not Super Mario Brothers. My wife found this out when she had a quick go. The screen wraps around for everyone involved. If you go through one side of the screen on any level, you and also the baddies will reappear on the other side. Sue is a weird man. I didn't know that. You've not gone through the screen? No. Oh, my Lord. Really? You can You're not get the monsters doing that? Yeah, but you keep out of the corners because you get killed. No, you don't. Not if you play it properly. You need to go through sometimes. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> big size there are also big POW box at the bottom of the screen bump this one underneath and it's like you've bumped every moving thing on the screen all at once but this can also be a disadvantage you get three POWs and they're replenished at the slip ice level I'm not sure if they regen every so many levels I never got that far but I have had them regen when you get to the slip ice levels if you take too long bumping and kicking the shiz out of the baddies a fiery ball rocks up and bounces around the screen. If you take the pish by taking even longer 
and the fireball will also be joined by another green fiery bugger and this one tracks you much more, much more aggressively but it only goes from one side of the screen to the other but then it, it comes back almost immediately and goes the opposite way the red one will bounce around all around the screen until it exits at the bottom near the pipes so you can just leave it alone it'll just disappear and leave you alone but then it comes back faster uh, i think so yeah and you can also you can bump it if it's hitting the bottom of, of a, a level and you bump it from underneath, it can get rid of it. You get a thousand points for it. But it comes back faster, as you said. After each two screens on the first few levels, a new baddie will be introduced. The baddies also mix and match with other baddies later on in the later levels. After the first two levels and the longer levels in between, you get a bonus coin level. Same screen as usual, but no enemies and 10 static coins. You've got a limited time to grab all the coins before the time runs out. You get 1,000 points for each gold coin, a total possible of 8,000 points. Sorry, you get 800 points each from there's 10 of them, so you get 8,000. If you get all of them, you get a perfect bonus, which starts at 5,000 extra on top of the 8,000 you've already got and building up to 8,000. On the second bonus level, you get all slippery ice levels. The next one and subsequent ones are invisible after a few seconds, which makes it even harder. So the pests we were talking about, which is what Nintendo call the baddies. The first one is a shell creeper, which is a turtle. They're slow moving, duh, of course they are, and need one bump from below and a kicking to remove. If you bump them again, you nudge them back to normal, so don't bump them twice. If a moving turtle comes into contact with a bumped turtle, it will turn around and go the other way. This is true for all the monsters and coins and fireballs. If they bump into each other, they both turn around. So if there's a coin in the way and a monster hits a coin, it'll turn around. If a monster hits a, a bumped monster, it will also turn around. And if they hit each other, they turn around. So you can use this to your advantage sometimes. Second monsters is sidesteppers, which are crabby crabs. <laughs> Crab magic. They have to be bumped twice to knock them on their heads. The first time makes them angry, they get all fierce, and then you knock them on the heads. If you bump them again, they get back up and will require two more bumps to knock them down. So don't knock them off once they're on their bottoms. The third monster is a fighter fly. This is, these are hopping baddies. They can only be bumped when they land on the ground. So timing is involved for these foes. If you bump below them and they're in the air, it doesn't do anything. You've got to get them on the ground. The next one is slip ice. These are stupid, angry-looking ice droplets. They can be bumped, and they are immediately removed. They're not, they only come with other monsters. They haven't got their own level. They're not actual monsters you've got to get rid of to do the level. They just come and make a nuisance of themselves. So if you bump them, it kills them off, and you get 500 points. If you allow them to get away, they find a platform, they break, and the water comes out of them, and it turns the whole platform into slippery floor so you into a slippery floor so you, you you slide on it much more than you would on a normal floor so you've got to watch these and they will kill you if they touch you i'm surprised I, you I, like this because it's got that much inertia in it uh, i know i know there's a reason for this the other month the other um thing that's a bit of a hazard in the game later on i haven't got this far i've never seen them yet i think i'm very close to it are icicles on the late levels, icicles are hanging. They, they, turn, they, they start with a drip, which won't hurt you, and they turn into a, like a pointy icicle. I think it'll kill you if you hit them. And they break off and fall down the screen. If you're underneath one, when it breaks off and hits you, you lose a life. So on the later levels again, I think I've just about got to this. No, not quite this far. 
you can have two red fireballs jumping around the screen and two green ones going across the screen at the same time. You have four fireballs as well as all the other monsters and hazards and icicles all at the same time. So the game gets really busy later on. So we've got a master at work here. We've got a video to show people how to play the game. It's a long play, I think. Do you know Do you know what he does? Who's that? The master who's playing this has got like hundreds and hundreds of thousands. What he does yeah. is he gets up to that middle platform as soon as he can. Yeah. And I think that's the only way you can play it. You get up to that middle platform just below where the pipes come out. If you don't yeah. get if you don't get there straight away and the and the creatures start dropping, then you've got a, then you've got a drop and they drop below you and then you've had it because you cut, they start they speed up, you can't get out of the way, so they just get faster <laughs> and faster. Sounds angry. They just get faster and faster <laughs> and faster. So you've got you've got to get to that. No, that, not, that. that's not the case. And if you miss one jump, if if you hit the power up by accident as you normally do, so that's that's no, done. And then you you can't do it if you don't get to that platform and start start knocking them off really quick. This sounds like a lack of skill. Uh, it's not from trying. Because I use in. I use the POW power blocks on the crab level. Because mm. the crab level, you can't physically get to the top level before the crabs come down. You have to get them on the second level down. You have mm. to. So I use, as soon as I get start off the level and the crabs have both come out of the pipe and they're on the flat level, hit the POW, that gives one bump. As they come down, get them on the second one up, get one of them out of the way. The other one goes down and comes back again and get him on the top level. Mm. I, you need to watch someone playing it to learn it. I, I didn't. I just sort of learned it myself. I did. I've watched, playing this, at it. I've watched this guy. It was amazing. So it can be played, but I yeah. just haven't got the patience and after 28 rage quits, I thought, that is it. Oh, I, dear. I have had enough of this game. I, I am really enjoying this. <laughs> uh, tips and secrets this game. Um, kicking multiple monsters one after another nets you big bonus points. You alluded to this earlier, Sean. Mm. I've managed three in a row for 800 plus 1600 plus 2400, giving you a total of 4,800 points for knocking three monsters off. And you reckon if you get another one, you get 3,200 on top. So you'd end yeah. up with... 8,000 points, mm. which is sort of how the Nintendo scoring goes on this game, so that would make sense. Use the turning around of the monsters I spoke about to your advantage, e.g. allow them to turn off of a bumped baddie so you can get it without the baddie coming your way. Let them go, go the opposite way, go and get them, and they'll come out the other side of the screen because the screen's wrapped round. Get coins, obviously. Walk onto them and bump them from below to get the same amount of points, 800 points for each coin. You can control the green fireballs by hanging around on a level and then getting off of it when the fireball turns up. You can dummy them into being where you don't want to be, thus avoiding them. Also, if you're in the middle on the top, on the second top level, you can just jump over them because they, they go quite low. They don't bounce around. They just go quite low. You can just jump over them and they disappear. You can bump the fireballs away for 1,000 points each. Only 200 points for the green ones. But they come back immediately and faster. It's not a wise idea doing this. I normally bump one if I've only got like one baddie left to kill because you know you're not going to get killed that, that way. You can just get rid of the baddie quick and do the level. I use the POW only when enemies are on platforms, not when falling between or when the fighter flies are in flight. If you get something and it's not actually on the deck, it won't work. The POW won't work. And you can mm. even use the POW in the bonus levels as well. 
and that does nothing, absolutely nothing. But also the POW will knock out any fireballs on the screen as well. It doesn't give you the points, but just gets rid of them for a few seconds. When the three POWs are removed, it makes travel at that bottom section a little bit easier, I find, as well. So I do use them when I can. And they come back when the slip ice level turns up. So the graphics and sound, to me, they are excellent. Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Popeye era Nintendo graphics. That sort of second era. Mm. The Nintendo first era was the early 70s games and the Space Invaders games. And then this sort of was the next era, I think. Very colourful, very classic Miyamoto style. He drew all these graphics, apparently. The sound is super cutesy and really befitting to the game. Uh, listen to this intermission stage. I love that. I absolutely love the bit that's in between. It does The, the game has got intermi- intermission stage where it tells you how to kill a baddie off. It tells you the new baddies, oh, yeah. how to kill them yeah. off. And it's a bit later on with the when you get to the slip ice section, so are you ready for the next bit? And it tells you what the slip ices do and all this sort of stuff, which is quite nice. Uh, the cabinet art, well, this is... I used this earlier to cheat on the on the Mastermind quiz. The game is absolutely lovely. It's, it's presented in a wide-body, DK-style Nintendo cabinet. It looks like a Donkey Kong, but it's slightly wider, so it looks a bit more squat. So this allows for two sets of controls and control panel, which is a joystick each and a button each for two players to play together. This is just as lovely as every early Nintendo cab, Radar Scope, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong 3, Popeye, etc. And it's it's super colourful. It usually was presented in an orange cab because you had the orange, the light blue, and the red Nintendo cabs. So it's got Mario Brothers. You've got Mario and Luigi. You look exactly the same on the... Uh, the marquee you've got a nice bezel around it which has got the the fighter flies coming out the pipes you've got a pipe work marion luigi some crabby crabs running around the place it's super cute super cute the side art is what we talked about earlier the five different characters on there it is good um and you've got a blue side and a green side to the um the control panel obviously mario is wearing blue overalls and luigi's wearing the green overalls and they've got nice even artwork on the control panel it's just super cute cab really like it mm-hmm. The trivia, there's a bit of trivia to this game. So Mrs. 10P actually got into this a bit with me, uh, but playing the NES version on the Switch online thingy, because we were just playing it downstairs on the TV. And she got quite into it. And it's unusual for her to get into a game like this, but she quite got into this one. This is the first time that the Super Mario coins appeared in any game, along with their sound, that distinctive ting sound. The Shell Creepers, also debuting, they were renamed the Coopers in Super Mario Brothers. Uh, the music at the start is very familiar. It's Eine Kleiner Nachtmusik, which is by a famous composer I forgot to put in the notes. It's, is it Wagner? Wagner. Is it Tchaikovsky? Is it Tchaikovsky? It's Tchaikovsky, isn't it? It's, I don't know. One of them. Fellas. Be- I'm be- sure the... Uh, Beethoven. Uh, just a minute. Um, hello? Can you just tell us what that was, please? Corrections, robot? Morons. It's by Mozart. You massive farts. Thank you. There you go. We got some scores. There's quite a lot of people played this, Sean, because they all love it. It's got quite a lot of good feedback, and I am dumbfounded why, but here we go. Well, you can give your opinion <laughs> later. <laughs> why did I turn into one of those wrestling guys and got all angry? You're right. Right. Not really. Stacey King, zero points. No score for oh. me this month as I've been off 
off the games due to falling on my ass on the ice and injuring my right wrist Ooh. walking down to the meetup for the Christmas works do. Oh, bugger. Can I just give him a new point? And also, I'm sorry to hear that. There was one night here in Glasgow, uh, we were looking after the neighbour's dog across the road and we're walking our dog and the neighbour dog together, me and wife, and it was super slippery. It was really worrying. Mm. Almost went over. It was horrible. So I, I really feel, feel for you there, Stacey. Hope you get better soon. Uh, Neil, 20 to 5. Also a curmudgeon with this game. He got 30 points, so he bumped three monsters and didn't even knock them over. He get 10 points for bumping a monster. It's a firm no from me. Don't mind inertia in-game, but this is so frustrating. Tried this so many times and never got on with it. 30 scored. Next, please. You didn't like inertia. Ah, I didn't, but it's because you don't like inertia in a game. You should try playing Ice Climber. Oh, my goodness. I'm, I'm, I seriously think if I try playing Ice Climber, I might quite like it because of this game. Anyway, moving on, moving on. One Punch Rob. 7,300. Rob McCraft, 10,510. Retro Russ, 37,890. He says, quite like it, just not had much time to play it. I hope you do. Don Gratton, 38,020. Small Space Arcade, 42,850. Retro Rex, 43,640. Zestora. Oh, he's a really good game player. It's quite a low score. 44,090. Do you know... I was speaking to Tronad, he does not like this at all. We were, we were trying to play it at Arcade, we played it for a few minutes and walked off. You know, in my chat, right, there is Jimmy, Tronad, Charlie Farr, Sol, Mark Happy Dude, and Mr. 20 to 5. And yes. we all, no one's put a score in because they don't like it. So I thought, oh, right, it's going to get really bad. Uh, I, I don't know about Sol, to be honest, but I think the others are not so keen. Because so, you're all wrong. So it's going to get a really bad review, but it, it hasn't. People like it. So I got, mm -hmm. somehow, I had a, a fluky game. I got 48,530. For that score, Sean, I'm going to give you a... <laughs> uh, Rob Direct Current, uh, 50,100. He likes Current directly. He does. Adam Ross, 51,770. This is a cushy little game. Say it properly. Cushy. Cushy. Cushy little game. Mick Bass, 53,120. He really likes those fish. The Old Golder. This is a, this is a guy who was playing with Mark Not no, What's No Gravy. So he said, I'll, I'll put these score on for him. He says, I got my, play, my mate playing on his pie setup for a local competition. He managed to get 53,310. Good. Nice one. John Turner, 58,170. Sean P, 59,510. P. Gids, 62,550. Ross Ross, 63-560, too busy playing that game with the Dodo, who is infinitely better than Mario Brothers, who are a pair mm. of massive inertia creeps. Yes, they are. Matthew Bridge, 65,550. JD Gallagher, 67,320. Majok, 69,470. Ian Cullen, 69,930. Cheeky Blighter, 61,900. Sorry, 71,900. Dig Dug. 71,900 again. Hang on, I might have got that wrong. If I've got it wrong, I'll, I'll change it in the show notes. Uh, this game is skiddy than a tramp's G-string. <laughs> oh, please. But it started to click with me. A, gro a grower for sure. Mr. Messi, 76,320. 
And Mr. Messi says, Mario Brothers, I can't help feeling this game will be more fun without the inertia and the strange underfoot skiddiness. Inappropriate footwear is a surefire sign of cowboy tradesmen. There's no way to let these two fiddle with my stiff ball cock. <laughs> <laughs> He's good in. James Wise mids, 77, 940. You notice I haven't put a score in yet, Sean? No. Mm. Old Man Steve, 84,810. Rygar, 87,6.30. I'm sure there's plenty more I could press out of it. I missed the bonus on the second coin level and was just around the corner from the third, but I've started to feel it's not worth the effort. Tempe effect in action? Mitsuyoma, 94,710. I still haven't put a score in yet, Sean. No. Mark Watt, no gravy, 95,470. Never given this any game time before, but it's a cracker. Rarely hear I even get it mentioned as a reason for that. And I think there's a 100k game in me somewhere, and there's still room for improvement. Me, 96,810. Well done, Mr. DNO. No, 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 no. Moving swiftly on. No, before we go any further, Sean. In your face. I haven't done that for such a long time. And it gives me massive. Oh, I just. I can taste the success it's given me. Just beating you in one game. I just. I nearly. I tried so hard earlier today to try and get a 100,000 point game. I'm getting nearly every game I play, eighty to 90,000 points every single time I play. I just need a little tiny push to get me over that 100k hump. And I'm so disappointed I didn't do it. Oh, well. Don't mm. know, DNO, 98,480. And you know another thing that's really annoyed me? I got quite a good score. And I certainly got one point, didn't I? Yeah. Oh, damn it. Uh, no, actually, no, you got three. Because I've had to put I've got it three in. points. Yeah, I've, I've had to put it in later on, haven't I? Because you, yeah, I'll yes. change this. I'll change that. Yes, give me them three points. <laughs> Adam Flint, one hundred one thousand three seventy. Well done, Pilbo, one hundred two thousand four hundred twenty. J Ping Barber, one hundred twenty thousand six hundred. Still loving it. The tortoise lays on its back, its belly baking in the hot sun, beating its leg, trying to turn itself over, but it can't. Not without your help. But you're not helping. You just kicked it into the sewer, you monster. You know what that's from? What's that from? Blade Runner. Where, where he's trying to get he's, he's trying to get a, the original one where he's trying to get a reaction from the Leon guy. Ivan Storm, 123,740. Good score. Brian Haribo, another good score. 139,780. And he says, a proper arcade game show. Sean, I'll say it again. A proper arcade game. No, he's incorrect, I'm afraid. Tell me the winner. Tell me who to beat everyone. Sal Bug, well played, Sal. He likes the janky games. Great choice for the final games of the year. I love this game. I have very fun memories of playing at a campsite many years ago when our kids were quite young. The music, the sound effects, graphics, animation, colours. I like all that, apart from the gameplay. This is me. Everything is perfect. Nope, the physics don't bother me at all. They just make it a little getting used to. What bothers me most is the typo after you enter your initials. Your game is registrated. <laughs> I wish you nothing but love, happiness and success in 2023. Happy New Year. Thank you, Sal. Sal got 161,640. You neglected to tell the listeners. I did. Now, at the time, when Sal sent me his email, he always sends me an email uh, a few days before the thing. I was only on about 80,000. Oh, my God, you've doubled my score. But I did get a little bit better. But, yeah, this mm. is a good game. I thought, I honestly thought some of our players who were really good would get hundreds of thousands on this. I think when you when you do click on the later levels, 
you can, I've seen people just play it forever. And I was expecting like a couple of hundred thousand, but 161,600, I think that's far away better than I could ever do at the game. Uh, if I can get 100K, I'll stop playing it. Mm. If I can get 100K, I'll stop playing it. So, well, the sports and sequels, there's quite a few actually. I mean, this was a popular game, Sean. Even though it's not with you, it's a popular game. Mm. So, there's a comparison video which I looked at, which is quite good. I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, so, the NES version, pretty much, or the Famicom version, pretty much spot on. I've got a feeling this might have been uh, a launch title when the Famicom came out. And if you got this on the Famicom and you were playing it in the arcade, you would be like in heaven because it's, it's almost the same. There's very slight movements, movement differences when you do certain things with the movements. There's no intermissions on the NES version, but that's what paper manuals were for back then. But it's a very, very good rendition of the game. It's brilliant. Really good. 2600, Atari 2600. Horrid looking, but very similar gameplay. Stripped of all kinds of joy. Oh, uh, that's, that's about right. The 5200 <laughs> version, possibly worse than the 2600. It's got better defined graphics, but it's got a horrible colour palette and slow gameplay. The 7800 plays nicely, but Mario is far too squashed. He's very small. And the tear sound effects on the 7800 made my ears bleed and my soul cry. The 7800 was quite a good machine. It lacked software, and I just do not know what happened at Atari that they decided to put the the terrible sound chip of the 2600 in there. Because the 5200 had a reasonable sound chip, I think. Mm. But then the later game, the machine, the 7, they put the rubbish sound effects in there. Listen to Why do they do that? Listen to They Create Worlds podcast. There's a massive bit on Atari. It's brilliant. It's just yeah. just a, a lot of infighting between the like Atari. Yeah, I think it, I think it was a corporate thing rather yeah. than a design thing. But they just cheaped out on the sound, and it sounds absolutely horrible on the 7800. Atari 8-bit, easily the best Atari version. It's a little bit blocky, and Mario is dressed in his brother's clothes for some reason. He's green in it. Don't know mm. why. Was it so hard to draw a few sprites in the correct colours back then? It seems that they've done it on purpose kind of thing. I don't know. The Atari 8-bit computers, and I had one of these. I had an 800XL back in the day, and I've still got one now, had one of the best player missile-style graphics hardware on it out then. It rivaled the 60C64. It's as good as that. So, But this version even had the intermissions. Why couldn't they just get the colours and the graphics right? Perhaps they didn't have anything to go by. Perhaps they just had like a... I don't know. I'm not a sure who actually, video or something. I'm not sure who actually did the arcade version for the Atari 8 bits. I'm not sure because the different different companies did different versions. So there's two versions for the Commodore 64. There's an unreleased version which is nearly as good as the NES version. It looks really authentic, not quite as nice looking, but solid. And then the actual released version from Ocean Software on the Commodore 64 is. Absolutely horrible, horrible looking title page. I've got a little picture of here I might put on the show notes with completely wrong colours and a terrible drawing. It's, it looks like a child drew it. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually got the graphics on it. Who did it? Jane Lowe? Not very good at all. This version, it sort of plays okay, but the graphics are all scaled wrong. They're all over the place. So I've, I've heard people say talk about this before, right? Why did Commodore 64 games back then use mainly brown for everything? Don't know. Brown or grey? Mario's shirt is brown, but the Commodore 64 had a decent red in its palette. 
in the palette range. I've seen it. I've got Gone on 60 Rock. Can use red, and it uses it in the platform. Why don't they use it on the main character sprite? Really weird. Unless there's some sort of technical limitation, I don't know. But it's horrible. It looks so nasty. The Apple II, um, pretty nice for a 1977 8-bit computer. It it's got ZX Spectrum style bippy sounds and a bit of a weird color palette. But that's the Apple II for you. I thought it sounded a little bit like Jet Willy, Jet Set Willy, but the game plays quite well. Great. ZX Spectrum. Moving oh on. my god. Oh my god. The ZX Spectrum, right? It looks and sounds horrible. Mario looks nothing like he should, even on the 2600 version. Mario looks familiar. Hardly any sound on this version, and the two colours are used for the platforms and all the characters still have colour clash. Garbage. Amstrad CPC version looks exactly the same as Spectrum, but the sprites are three coloured and the sound effects are okay. Game Boy Advance had a super duper zooped up version and redrawn graphics with snazzy music and sound effects. The level's slightly scrolled in four directions. I'm going to have to have a look at this version. It looks quite good. Uh, some reissued versions on the NES, Famicom version. The Game of Watch, I had this as a kid. It's not the same game. It's a good game. Good game, good game. But it's a dual screen cement factory game with the two Mario lads. Nothing like the game we were playing. So, Sean, would you like to change or improve the game in any way? No, we didn't think so. On moving on, <laughs> right. what, what do you think, mister? Oh, I get it right. Oh, God. I put less inertia, for, obviously. Change, no. change direction and slow down your jump in midair, because once you've once you're committed to your jump, you've got to do it. Mm -hmm. Land on top of the bad guys, enabling you to tackle baddies on the same platform as you, not above. Ladders, possibly. Oh, my God. Move the effing power button out of the way so you can <laughs> so you can jump you can get to that top platform which is the only way to play it. Yeah. No. I, I would just I would just bin this game. I really do not like it at right. all. Right. The inertia. <laughs> you get you, you get used to the inertia. I, I Why though? Why bother? Why bother? When I used to play this before, right? It's badly I, implemented. It's not. I really wrote this game <laughs> off right because of the inertia. I don't like inertia. Right? I don't like dealing with inertia in games. Like, you play a game like Lunar Lander or Gravitar. I absolutely hate those games. Or the home version, which is like Thrust. Mm. I really hate those thrusting games. You've got to sort of use the inertia. Absolutely hate it. I didn't like Ice Climber either. I didn't like this game. But when you get used to it, you get used to it really quick. It's just a, a one-second turnaround. You, you've got to time your turnarounds. And obviously, if you jump on bad guys, you're an idiot. You're not supposed to do that. I, I still do it even now because that's that's the way the game. But the way they've they've worked out the game, the game mechanics, they're absolutely spot on. Mm. I think they're absolutely spot on. You, when you do something wrong, it's not you've been cheated out of the game. You've done it wrong because you've pressed the button at the wrong time. You've mistimed a jump. You mistimed uh, a jump underneath the machine. You, you've you've bumped a baddie when you shouldn't have. Knock out of the way or something. You've realised something's a bit too quick when it's chasing you. It, you make your own mistakes, and the PO, POW button at the bottom is—I've actually used that quite a bit, and I do use it now for my advantage. Some players just don't even bother using it. But yeah, jumping on the—if you had to jump on the baddies like you do in Super Mario, it would make the game too easy, wouldn't it? And you—they obviously wouldn't. If you jumped on their back, they wouldn't turn on their backs and then be bumped from. I like the idea of you bump them from below then go above them to get them. It's like a two-hit thing. I like that mechanic. So changes in prints for me is there's nothing. As I've just said, there's nothing. I think the, the mechanics are bang on, except 
maybe change the layout of the platforms every so many levels and maybe some more advanced baddies later on because the, the platforms stay exactly the same like pac-man they never change i think if you made them sort of like um non-symmetrical later on it might just change the game up a little bit easier to get through the gap so it's playable you mean no, 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 I think getting through the gaps is easy. Not a problem <laughs> at all. And um, another thing I also did, I just thought when you just said that, another thing I was doing as well when you get a bit better at the game is if when the monsters are going like left or right and you get to the end of a platform, you hit them at the right point, it actually knocks them off of the platform down to your level. That's what so I would get do. Them as well. yeah, that's what I was yeah, doing. Yeah, you don't have to do that, but it is quite good because you can get like two or three at the same time and then go hoover more up in once. I also would, perhaps, if there was a Mario Brothers 2, for instance, if they ever made one like in 1985, a few years later, they could obviously do slightly different levels, you know, asymmetrical levels, for instance, or maybe reverse levels, something like that. But also maybe some bonus items appearing, like a fruit bonus or something. Uh, I'd also would like, I think it's a bit mean on the level we were playing, on, on the difficulty we were playing, you only got one extra life at 20,000 points. I'd have liked to have seen an extra 20,000, 50,000, and every 50,000 after that for, for like yeah. marathon playing. Because I think I could easily do 100K if I did that. And I'll maybe even get to 150K or something. But I would like some extra lives, not just one extra life, a few later on maybe. Mm. So we've got. Annoy. I'm, I'm going to guess you're going to go for the, the former of the yeah. annoy or enjoy. Go on, give it a beating, Sean. All right, the, uh, I'm just trying to be positive because I know people do like it. Yes. The single positive I take from playing this game is that I look at it as an interesting kind of a prototype kind of thing. They were trying out things for future Mario games. As you said, the graphics, and get, the graphics are spot on. Yes. The sound, the cab is great. But not mm. the, the game. The gameplay, they were like honing it, maybe. Mm. At the start of the level, if you don't get up to the middle platform before the bad guys reach it, you are knackered. You're not. You are, you're knackered. I, I, could, I could do a level just doing them all at the bottom. I let them come down and do them all at the bottom. Right. Well, I don't play like that, but you can do it. That's not what I've seen how I'm doing it online. Anyway. Yeah, I've said that once the, once the bad guys get below you, you can't do anything until they scroll around to the top. You can't do anything. So. No. No, so that's rubbish. Well, you can. You can hit the POW. If they're on the floor, you can get them. If they're on the very bottom level and you hit the POW, it knocks them over. So you, you just go and hoover them up. Yeah, but they're not below you then. They're on the same level as you, aren't they? Now, if they go underneath you, you're knackered. You've got yeah, to... you, just, you just forget them. Just ignore them. You've got to wait till just they come... Just let them come up to the back of the top later on. That's all right. And hoover then up all the coins. Faster and harder and more harder to get. I've put, I've put... No, only the last one gets hard and fast. I've put... This is 100% a two-player game, I think... Well, when you teamwork, I think it'd be a good game. When ah, team... I was thinking about this. We've never used AntStream, have we? No. I think we might be able to play this together on AntStream, but no by the sound of your crying and whinging, <laughs> no, you thank probably you. wouldn't want to do it. No, thank you. But it wouldn't be play if players wanted to play it together. I've never played this with another person before. Because you can play together, and I think you can knock each other over as well. If you, if you get underneath your... your other player you can knock them over yeah i think you can but yeah. i've never done it i've never played it i would like to play it with someone actually 
be quite cool. Yeah, I've put where, I've put hundred percent of two player game might be not enjoyable but bearable. When playing one player, it feels kind of like it, it's kind of like a workaround. You'd be playing a, a two player game in one player mode. That's what it feels like to me. No. And I've put obviously terrible. I gave it four hours because I know you like it. So I thought, mm. right, not my normal hour. I've tried and tried and tried. I will never be playing this again. That being said, it's got a good review. It's, people like it. It's got a good review on Psychic. It's got seven point three three. That's thirty three votes. So that mm-hmm. is that is a people do like it, but I don't. That's my opinion. I do not like it at all. There you go. Thank you. See you next week, kids. <laughs> like, thanks for calling. So I, I actually used a larger font on our uh, notes to put enjoy with five exclamation points after it. This is a total 10 pence effect for me. If li- new listeners aren't aware of the 10 pence effect, it's where you absolutely hate a game. You listen to the 10 pence arcade podcast. You, you go for the challenge, you play the game, and you end up really liking it. Or completely the opposite you you totally hate a game like i did i really didn't like this game i've always tried to get into it and could never do because of the inertia in the game and just just couldn't play it i was rubbish at it rage quit like you i just never gave any time and the 10 pence effects hit me and it's gone the other way Mm. so when i played this i played it with sol and tiny dan and Charlie Fight, the Blackpool play event. And then later on that evening, they got they got a cab at Arcade Club Blackpool that night, and I really got into it. But I've not just got into this version. I even play it on the Famicom with the original car. I like it that much. So I'm going to leave my 19-in-1 in the pony cab I've got downstairs with that just that game playing on it for a while and try and better my score. I'm actually going to play this a little bit longer. Is that a good try and get the 100. Yeah, it's bang on. Absolutely, oh, perfect. Um, as far as I know, anyway. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to try. I'm, I'm really. I was getting a bit rage quitty earlier, but I kept getting the same kind of score. I want to beat 100k, but when you're doing them early levels again, up to like 40, 50,000, I can do. I can get up to like usually 70,000 without losing a life, even. Mm-hmm. But then they all go when it gets when it starts getting a bit bit busy. So the last word on this game. I love everything about the game. Even what you might first think of frustrating, which is the inertia of the game when you turn around. The gameplay needs practice, and you need to click with it, right? If you realize you need to pause a bit when changing direction, you can do well on this. The gameplay mechanics are solid and clever. There are risk-reward elements with hitting the fireballs, and there are tactics with manipulating the baddies. And I think the whole gameplay is honed perfectly. They thought about this when they played it. Because, you know, Miyamoto and Gunpai did it for goodness sake the difficulty curve i think is just right just like previous earlier nintendo games they, they you know they do get harder and they've got a nice curve to it sound and graphics are classic nintendo and look fantastic in the original cabinet you cannot fault those colorful graphics and sound they're perfect for 1983 they were really good as well but this is also part in the podcast where we mentioned we play a- another game that's similar or something you completely want to different to play differently I cannot think of any other game like this. And as Sean said, it sort of paved the way for the blockbusting Super Mario games that came a few years later and became Nintendo's multi-billion dollar mascot. They yeah, really did. There is that positive. I would play 
for almost any other single screen platformer that we've covered in our back catalogue. Pandora's Palace, that was a really That's good a one. good one. That Ma- is a good game. Mouser, of course. Rodland. Rodland, Rock and Rope, and even Joust. It, the annoying skinny Joust is better than yeah. this. Is better than but, it. But I got into Joust a little bit when I played it, so I tried to get into it. And I also really like Balloon Fight, which is a kind mm. of cute Joust, which we will do one day, Sean. We oh, will do it God. one day. Have we, oh, whoa, hold on. Can't do it. It's, it's not an arcade game. I can't do it. It's a versus. I've got a feeling we did it, you know. No, I don't know. I'll look later. I'm sure we've done Balloon Fight. No, I don't think we have. I'm sure me and Alex did it even. An old, old one. We'll look into that. But those games you mentioned there, Pandora's Palace, Mouser, not so sure about Rodland. Oh, Rodland was all right, actually. Rock and Rope's a good game. Mm. Yeah, they're all good games. But there's nothing quite like Mario Brothers, is there? And there's a reason for that. Because it's awesome. <laughs> it's, you, they threw away the mould, mate. They, they looked at the mould and went, you can't get any better than this. Chuck it. That's what they did. People don't talk about it in such revered tones as they do, like uh, even Donkey Kong Three or Popeye. It's just, it's just. I think they do. I think people like Mouse. I think people like Mario Brothers more than Donkey Kong Three. Donkey Kong Three is sort of like a wild child of the Nintendo franchise. Mm. It's got nothing to do with Donkey Kong, but it is a good little game. Yes, that's that's my favourite one because I'm not. I must be weird because I don't. I'm not really into Donkey Kong. You're not really into platform games that much, are you? Yeah, I love platformers. I love Mouser, don't I? Mm, that's because suppose you're not very good at them, I think. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from world record, oh, I have former world record. I love record, poking you with a sharp stick sometimes, Sean. It's just so much fun. Anyway, thank you, Nintendo, for getting a, pr- a, a prototype out there that we can play. <laughs> a prototype. What a million-selling game. Yeah, right. And... It, it, it did pave the way for better things. Next show's game. Something a little bit less skiddy this time. What, what would you suggest for next month's game, Sean? We should all play. I've, I've gone a bit janky, somewhat janky, but good, I think. And I, I've been Janky playing, Unchained. I've, I've been playing this for quite a bit. I think this is good. It's called Boggy84. Boggy. Well, for a start. That just sounds amazing, doesn't it? <laughs> no. But some of it's a wraparound. No, actually, it's all a wraparound, kind of a flicky kind of, well, the screen wraps around. Platform. What, like Mario Brothers? No, that doesn't wrap around. It's, it's static. Yeah, it does. I think you find it does. static, like a big poo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is Boggy84, Kaneko1983. ROM is Boggy, B-O-G-G-Y, 84. Lives 3, default, no difficulty level. What I would do, because each level needs working out. Right. There's not a lot on YouTube. Perhaps there's a bit on YouTube. Yeah. It's. I like it. You. But mm. I've I've put it on endless lives, and I've just worked out what to do on it because each level needs a different. Tactic. Oh, so you've cheated before you even started the challenge? Yeah, oh, okay. I've, I've cheated just to see what the. Level, I'll be holding that against you. What the levels are, and each level needs mm. a different tactic. So I think it's. I think it's a good game. So, Boggy84, have a yep. go of that, kids. It could be a hidden gem. It could be pants. I've looked at this before. On the UK VAC forum, there's a guy called Favoured Son, a guy called Gary. He's a, an amazing games player. I think he used to work in arcades as well. And it's one of his favourite games. His avatar was the Boggy84 character, and he's the oh. world champion at this game. He's got, like, millions on it. 
and I've played it thinking, oh, this would be a good game. And I, I remember it being very janky, mm. very sort of suspect looking, but I'll give it another go. I'll give it another go. Yeah, It's a platformer, isn't it? It is. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll give that a go. Give it a go, and when you've given it a go, give it more goes and submit your score to us. Uh, this is arcade ROMs only, please. No scores from console or computer f- compilations. They may be different. I don't think you're going to get this on any compilation, mate. I think this is a standalone arcade game. <laughs> uh, you can get your scores to the Twitter hashtag 10p score. Sidekick app in the 10 pence club section. You can email the site, which is vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk. The Facebook is a comment on the podcast post or on UK VAC. And the deadline for score submission is the 30th of January, 5 p.m. UK time, please. Yeah, so in 2023, hopefully everyone had a good Christmas. And I've, mm-hmm. I've had a really good Christmas. I'm back to work tomorrow, but I've had like 11 days off, so I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, I have. Have a lovely time, kids, and um, I must be wrong because people love Mario Brothers, but that's my opinion. I just do not. I'm not wrong. It's my opinion, isn't it? I just still wrong. I cannot gel with it at all. Yeah. And you know, when you give it an hour, I gave it honestly. I gave it four hours. I thought I must be missing something here. Must. Do you know what? I'm so. I like this game so much. The next time I see you, the next time we go to Arcade Club, I'm going to hold on to you and make you play it with me and try and teach you a bit about it. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I absolutely flipping hated this game. I could never do it. I used to get frustrated as hell. If you told me a couple of months ago they were playing this game, I'd have exactly the same reactions as you, exactly mm. the same. Mm. But for some something has clicked in my brain and it's made me like it. And now I'm only getting annoyed because I can't beat my score. And you mm. have to start at those early levels again. And it gets a bit tedious playing the earlier levels again. I just want to be back in and play the harder levels. And I've seen people play it, and it looks like you can just get in the groove and play it forever. But, I mean, obviously, decent players do that thing anyway. But when you're watching it, they're just playing it the same way, and it's, it almost seems boring to them. You're like, I wish I could play it like that. And they're getting like, you know, a million points on it and stuff. And even our best player has only got 160,000, which I think is really good. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one, Sean. It's, it's been really nice for me. I'm, I'm just sorry it wasn't for you. <laughs> it's been great chatting to you, though. We've had a good chat. Um, yes, indeed we have. And I'm going to try Boggy 84. Yeah. There's... I'll put it on a second, actually, and just see what it's like, because I cannot, I sort of remember it and I sort of, didn't like it but let's give it a go yeah i do recommend going through it and working out what you've got to do on each level before going for a score right go away because i want to go and play it i'm interested in looking at it now right okay nice talking to you again sean and i'll see you soon see you later see you mate you can download or play the podcast read all the show notes and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk you can email me at vertvic at 10pencearcade.co.uk you can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at tenpencearcade, and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups, and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. 